became the frontrunner in the race for mayor in 2021, campaign cash flowed easier, including millions of dollars in public matching funds. But we're just learning now where some of that money came from. Documents showing lobbyists fundraised for the mayor in 2021, fundraising that has not been reported before. The documents were filed with the city clerk's office, and the numbers amount to hundreds of thousands of dollars for his honor. All told, at least 10 lobbyists fundraised for the mayor's inaugural run, raising more than $341,000. Another setback for Mayor Adams' plan to relocate some migrants to the northern suburbs. A judge has once again ruled in favor of a county opposed to the program. In the past few days, New York City has moved 86 asylum seekers to the Red Roof Inn in Poughkeepsie. But it cannot relocate anymore after a judge granted Dutchess County a temporary restraining order. Nassau County legislators approve a 99-year lease agreement with the Las Vegas Sands, and that paves the way for a $4 billion resort and casino at the Nassau Coliseum site. The Say No to the Casino Civic Association has been fighting the proposed development, saying it will bring crime and traffic to the area. Former President Donald Trump's criminal trial will begin March 25th of next year in the midst of presidential primary season, and he is expected to make himself fully available. That was one of the headlines from a hearing tended by attorneys from both sides, but not by Trump himself, who appeared remotely visible on several video monitors in the courtroom. Breaking news, Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis says he will officially launch his presidential bid on Twitter. DeSantis' team says that he will make the announcement alongside its CEO, billionaire tech mogul Elon Musk, on Twitter Spaces, the social media site's live audio chat platform. The debt ceiling talks in Washington and whether lawmakers will be able to come to an agreement to avert a global economic crisis that all sides say will take place if they don't get an agreement. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy described his face-to-face meeting with the president as, quote, productive. But lawmakers have less than two weeks before the deadline of June 1st. That's the earliest the Treasury Secretary believes the federal government would not be able to pay all its debts. Must a man walk down before you call him a man? How many seas must the white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Isn't how many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Isn't how many years can a mountain exist before it is washed to the sea? Yes, and how many years can some people exist Before they're allowed to be free 
Yes, and how many times can a man turn his head and pretend that he just doesn't see? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. So how does a Jewish kid like this end up in Minnesota? I forgot what Bob Dylan's real name is, but happy birthday to one of the greatest musical influences. I don't think he can sing. It's kind of like Springsteen, but, man, he can write. And uh, he's got some great songs that he sings and tons of other songs you don't even know that other rock bands sing. Robert Zimmerman. Robert Zimmerman. That's the same name, I believe, as a guy that went against George Santos out on Long Island. Not the same guy, but I believe... The same name, right? Robert Zimmerman, is that right? I think, uh, sure. If you say, yeah. I'm with you. Dylan is uh, top five for you, all time rock and roll. When you consider not just, I mean, the singing. I, I'm not a big fan, but what uh, is writing all that stuff? Dylan, top yeah. five for you? Yeah, he's one of those guys that's been, you know, he's been around forever. He's got some uh, stuff that I don't like, but uh, he's made some records that really are cool. I think. Yeah, I like and, that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of the slow stuff, right, but he's made, and he's played with a lot of great musicians, oh, yes. too. Yeah. You know, he played with Mark Knopfler. Dire on, Straits. On record, you know, yeah. during the eight, you know, in the yeah. 80s, and he had great collaborations. He had great musicians on his records. And, well, you, um, um, I, what's it called? Uh, Traveling Wilburys. Yes. He was in that band, too. Right. Roy Orbison and Tom Petty. Yes. And um, uh, George Harrison. George Harrison. And, and the one that's forgotten about. Mookie Wilson. Yes, Mookie. Yeah. It was right after the ball went through Buckner's legs. That's and started, right. Uh, yeah. Producing that bands. Yeah. The one you st- you, but you will not think of the fifth no, one No, let is. me think about this. I should get this. Um, he was in a very uh, fun band. Very fun band. That's from, I think they're from Liverpool. I don't know. But he's. They're from so, Liverpool, too? England, and it's not a Beatle? Well, well, no. George Harrison is there, I know. Right. Um, this guy actually organized the band, produced the record. Traveling Wilburys. Yes. Oh, I'm going to go with. Um, You're going to go with some silly Nick name. Kershaw. Uh, you, was very, you were very close. Who very, was it? No, Jeff Lynn. Oh, Jeff Lynn's a big deal, of course. From ELO. Yes, yes. Yeah. And ELO. he actually. Well, now you're going to play ELO today. Yeah, of course. And Traveling Wilburys today. <laughs> My friend Susan uh, Otto Graham up in Bethel. Politician up there. My mother loves her. She uh, loves Lou's musical selection. Lou did a great job. Lou finds out um, basically whose birthday it is, and then him and I decide what songs we're going to play. Yes. Lou is a genius. She loves blowing in the wind. He produced Tom Petty's solo records, too. They oh, got to be I love Petty's. Yeah. Talking about my mother, uh, I have to tell you that she was a talk all over the town yesterday. Oh, my God. All over the fa- by the just before Facebook, said, they Facebook, were nuts. They just wanted to run for president. I know. <laughs> so funny. What were the four things? Uh, Noam, do you remember the four? I know one of them was, well, let's get Noam to do it. He recaps it. He's got that news voice, you know. My mother yesterday, Naomi, at 8.05, set the world on fire. What were the? She said a couple of really terrifying things. I mean, we loved it. My listeners love it, but um, the FBI should be at our house at some point this morning. No? Were, yeah, well, there were many items, but the four biggest ones that stand out, President, you know, your, your mother said President Obama is a punk. 
He's a punk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just the beginning. Mayor Adams is a dirtbag. No, she didn't say that. She did. She called Mayor Adams a dirtbag? She called him a dirtbag. Yeah. She uh, also said if an illegal shows up at her house, yeah. uh, she will blow them away. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, they are up there. They're in Sullivan County, I think, by Liberty. Yeah. And uh, to top all that off, she says someone needs... <laughs> Someone needs to kill the president. Well, that was unfortunate. Yeah. I don't think she meant that. I no, I don't think she, she did. I don't know about no, she meant president. that she said it two or three times. <laughs> she did, yeah. Somebody <laughs> needs to kill this president. I go, Ma, you can't say that. It's a terroristic threat. She's like, I don't care. She's 88 like she cares. If the FBI came to her house today like they did to Roger Stone or any one of these folks, you know, even uh, Trump down in Mar-a-Lago, she would uh, laugh. She wouldn't care. Naomi was terrific yesterday, and we've got a great guest list coming up today. I mean, great. Frank Morano is going to start the show at 640. I love Frank. He is one of the smartest people I know, and every morning I get to work around 5 a.m., and I'm good for about a 15-minute conversation with Frank just about every morning. He's off the air, other side of midnight, and he's just a great guy. He'll join us at 640. The, uh, the other rage besides my mom, or rave, I should say, has been Curtis Sliwa, who I've now decided to put on this program every day but Thursday, four mornings a week at 7.05, because he's great and he's fearless. So uh, yesterday afternoon, I told you after my show ended yesterday that I had to go see Ava in the hospital. And thank you, a lot of you folks out there, for asking about her. Turns out she's got some type of bacterial infection. I don't even know. They kept her overnight. They're pumping her up with a bunch of antibiotics. And she was miserable yesterday and sad. And I spent five hours there after the show. Then I had to run home, change, and go to Judge Janine's book party last night. So it was a very, very long day. But I'm sitting in the hospital with Ava, and I get a call from Laura Curran, who I love, former Nassau County executive, now the host of Cut to the Chase here. She says, um, you know, the Westchester County is it the DA or the, ex- the executive, excuse me, George Latimer, is looking for Curtis. Because Curtis mentioned that uh, he was going to go to all these oh my God. pristine towns <laughs> in Georgia's district and uh, search for places for migrants. And I don't think George is all that happy about it. <laughs> so George wanted to talk to Curtis off the air. And I said to Laura, I said, no, I'm not going to give you Curtis's number. But what I will do is... Give you the show number, and when Curtis is on tomorrow morning, which is now this morning, George can call in, and he's going to do it. So that's the genius of Sid Rosenberg. Uh, Why waste it on a private call? God, the display right now, school's in. <laughs> school's in. So Latimer will join me and Curtis coming up at 7.05. Peter King is upset again because he has the 8.40 Power Wednesday slot, and Justin... I'm not taking the blame for this. Justin continues to push him back to the 740 slot, which is also a great slot. They're both great, 740 and 840. But Peter always feels like, oh, they're putting somebody on better, and Justin did it again. And that did compel Peter to put up a Facebook and Instagram post, how he's pushed back to 740. So he's on then uh, 825 Gnomes Nuggets, 840, the brilliant Constitutional lawyer Alan Dershowitz. Then at uh, 9.05, the lovely Dr. Nicole Sapphire, Fox News. She's been helping me me and Danielle with Ava. And then finally at 9.40, 
one of the big, big, big radio stars in this town for many years. Big, big star at WFAN Afternoons alongside Evan Roberts. The man, Craig Carton, will join me at 940. He's got a big charity softball game coming up June 17th in Staten Island. He invited me to play, and uh, Craig will join us at 940. So it's a huge show, huge show coming up today. But I do want to talk quickly about this book party last night before we get to the news of the day. Judge Janine across the street at Smith and Walensky's, and it was a great party. Uh, her publisher, this guy Sergio Gore, is my new boyfriend. I love him. Love the guy. Very, very close with President Trump. He actually publishes all of Trump's books, and according to Sergio, dines with the president dinner on an average of three times a week. Very, very close with President Trump. But uh, it was a great guest list last night, starting, of course, with uh, John and Margot Katsimatidis, and I love them both. Margot looked very pretty last night in pink. In fact, both Margot Katsimatidis and Emily Pankow were dressed in pink last night, and so was I. I actually wore a pink button-down shirt underneath my blue jacket. So a lot of pretty in pink. We can play that today. Pretty in pink by Psychedelic Furs. The, the, the education just yes. goes on all morning. Margot Katsimatidis, Emily Pankow, and Sid Rosenberg all in pink last night. Chad was there. Chad did a great job. I love Chad. Chad introduced me to so many people last night, and he would say, here's our number one guy. He's the best in the city. Nobody, nobody does an interview like Sid Rosenberg. Nobody. So what uh, Chad was there, like I said, uh, Janine and Sergio. You know I met last night? President Trump, one of his attorneys, we have them all on. Joseph Takapina is coming home from Europe today. He'll rejoin the show on Friday. There's news, of course, about the Stormy Daniels case. But Alina Haba, she's on TV all the time. And recently, about a week or so ago, there was a story that she wrote that uh, talked about the fact that uh, she's a very pretty girl and you know, she's a great lawyer, too. It's not just about my looks. I could be pretty and a great lawyer. And I know that's true because my wife, Danielle's gorgeous, and she's an attorney. So I met Alina Hobble last night, and she will make her debut on this program coming up tomorrow at 8.05. We got all the great attorneys. Kellyanne Conway, her and I, in the back of the room, had about a 20-minute conversation last night about her ex-husband, George, about her kids, about my kids, very personal and lovely. I love that lady. That is a wonderful, smart, great woman. Thomas Kenneff was there last night with his partner, Stephen Reiser. Those two guys are defending the Marine hero, Daniel Penny. So are those two guys great guys? Monica Crowley, Rachel Yucatel, she'll probably join us on Friday. Dominic Carter and his lovely wife, Dr. Siegel. Geraldo Ernie Anastas. Just a star-studded event last night for Judge Janine, and I was happy for her. The book is great, and she killed. They all left uh, together after. She was on Sean Hannity, and I think Hannity and Fox News invited like 20 people from the party. They invited me, but I was tired. It was late to uh, sit there and watch Judge Janine. They've got a live studio audience now for Hannity. So I think all that went well. So thanks to uh, Judge Janine and Sergio and uh, John and Margot for a wonderful party last night. Rita showed up after her interview with Cuomo, and uh, Janice Dean is not happy. And I'll play some of those comments coming up before Curtis, because Curtis did say yesterday, if the governor does not apologize, which he did not do any of, any of it. I know Rita spent a lot of time on the women thing, and unfortunately, no one cares about that. 
I mean, the women thing was kind of like uh, taxes for Al Capone. He murdered 100 people, but they got him on taxes. Same thing with the women thing, you know. Uh, we want to hear the governor say, I'm sorry for killing 15,000 people. Or, you know what, I really screwed up with bail reform. And he didn't do it. So um, Curtis said yesterday on the show, if he doesn't apologize, which he didn't do, then he's done. That's it. He's finished. So we'll get to that coming up at 7.05, But the big political news today, outside of Trump's trial for the hush money coming up March of next year, is that Ron DeSantis will, in fact, finally officially launch his presidential bid today. Finally. Talking about this forever. Now, while he's sitting back, Donald Trump has all this momentum and in most polls is destroying Ron DeSantis. One poll last week had Trump up on DeSantis 63 to 19. That's a 42-point, uh, more than that, I guess, 43. So DeSantis has been sitting back, and Trump has been gaining all this momentum. But DeSantis gets in the race today, and he's going to do it on Twitter alongside his buddy Elon Musk. So in a Wall Street Journal interview, Elon Musk did confirm yesterday him and DeSantis today. It's on, bitch. Elon Musk, cut number 12, Lewis. Yes, I um, will be interviewing um, Ron DeSantis, and he has quite an announcement to make. Um, And will be the first time that something like this is happening on social media. And with uh, real-time questions and answers, uh, not, not scripted. So the governor's brother, the Mensa Chris Cuomo, who does a show at 8 o'clock on News Nation, he's still not getting ratings, no Tucker Carlson, doesn't matter. The guy that's really picked up ratings has been Eric Bowling. He, he has done well since Tucker left. Fox News taking a beating and not much from Cuomo at News Nation, but he's got a show, and for some reason, Alec takes his audio. I mean, I just bashed his brother for lying again all day yesterday on this station. Why are we playing uh, Chris Cuomo this morning? Um, exactly for the last 15 seconds of what you just said. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's funny when you talk about Chris Cuomo. It is? Yeah, so when I put a Chris Cuomo cut on there. But this is like a serious I mean, what he said makes sense. Yeah, he that, does well, make that's, sense. that's part of the reason I put it on there. Was it, yeah. now, now you have to grapple with... Whether or not you're going to agree with him or whether or not you're yeah. going to stick to your guns. No, and, I, do, I, and, and, no uh, I do agree with him here. Right. He's talking about uh, what it may, what this does for Elon Musk to introduce Ron DeSantis. So here's uh, Chris Cuomo last night, courtesy of News Nation. This, Lewis, is cut number 13. Everybody's going deep on DeSantis, announcing <laughs> on Twitter. The governor of Florida announcing his run on Twitter in a talk with Elon Musk. That's the lead everywhere. Matter to you? Not really. Should it be the lead all over cable? No. But it is because cable's a pack animal, and it goes with whatever is shiny in politics by default. And this is shiny by default for good and bad reasons. Okay, here's my take. First, this is a good move for Governor DeSantis from a PR perspective. Why? Because he's dominating the news cycle in a way he wouldn't otherwise. How often does everybody lead with going to announce, right? So good for him. He's been out on the hustings and looking for advantage for weeks and getting nowhere. He's still getting spanked by Trump in the polls. So I'm not sure what this move will do for him overall, but it's certainly getting a lot of shine in the media. That said, it is a great move for Musk. This elevates Elon Musk from oddball genius to kingmaker. 
All right, from oddball genius to kingmaker, that is uh, Chris Cuomo last night on News Nation. Big guest list, as I mentioned, really the next three days. I mean, a lot of big names. Today, once again, Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Peter King, Noam Lake, Alan Dershowitz, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, WFAN's Craig Carton, all stopping by today, Hump Day Wednesday, with your favorite talk show host and favorite show in New York City. The numbers prove it. Sitting friends in the morning, exclusively, right here with Bob Dylan on Talk Radio 77. WABC. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Last night when I walked into the Judge Neen book party wearing a blue jacket but a pink button-down shirt, Margot Katsimatidis wearing pink, Emily Pankow wearing pink, so three of the four people were wearing pink, and I glanced to my left and Caitlin Collins, you remember her, the CNN town hall, petulant, immature little baby trying to get to Donald Trump, good try. She wasn't there. No, but she was, she's wearing pink this morning. Oh, no, okay. she wasn't there. there. No, 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 no. <laughs> she wasn't there. 
Oh, I love the show. No. I just stopped in for yeah. a steak. I gave you the list of people. It was still very impressive. John Margot, Chad Emily, Judge Janine, Sergio Gore, Alina Haba, Kellyanne Conway, Thomas Kniff, Stephen Reiser, Monica Crowley, Rachel Yucatel, uh, Dr. Siegel. We've got the Geraldo. We've got, it was a very impressive list. Dominic Carter, Ernie Anastas. Ernie Anastas is so cute. Ernie Anastas, who is a, an anchor hall of famer. All those great years on channels two and seven and the last couple of years on channel five. And for me growing up, he was my favorite, whether it was with Kaidi Tang on channel seven with Warner or Michelle Marsh. I used to love him and Marsh. So when he came here, it was a big deal for me because, you know, way back when network news mattered and I watched it every night. Now these bastards, this Bill Ritter, just give me the news and shut up, Bill. I'm begging you. They don't know how to do that anymore. Now they make faces, they editorialize. Uh, when Ernie did it, he just gave the news. He was great. But Ernie is the complete antithesis of me. What do I mean by that? Well, Ernie, I can't imagine, ever said the word ass, let alone the F word. Now, of course, you find out, you're going to, oh, Sid, you should have only heard. But the Ernie that I know, who's now 80, he's like this sweet, gentle, in fact, the segments he does here are called Positively Ernie because everything he talks about is positive. Everything I talk about is a disaster. <laughs> right? Crime, migrants. He's never used ass in conjunction never. with another right. word either. <laughs> like, so I would have thought if he used my mom, for example, Naomi Rosenberg, who again called Eric Adams a dirtbag and Barack Obama a punk yesterday and received a lot of love, a lot of love on Facebook for doing that, I would have thought he would have been horrified. But no, he walked up to me last night, and he grabs me, and he says, I have to tell you. I'm just going to say it like I have to tell you. I have to tell you. (laughs) I love your show. I love your show. I said, I'm glad to hear that, Ernie, because I I don't know. You know, you're such a nice guy. He goes, no, no. He goes, and when you go crazy, and when you start to yell and stuff, he goes, you do exactly what everybody is thinking, but you do it in such a way that's so smart and entertaining. I don't even realize sometimes, you know, what you're actually saying. I'm just caught up in the whole thing. The refreshing part about it is you just get everything out there. It's, exactly. And that creates a positive vibe for everybody <laughs> yeah, to cling yeah, on yeah. to. Uh, it's uh, hard to explain, but it's I'm drawn to it in a crazy way that's also positive. <laughs> And your mother, oh, my God, she is the refreshing breath of air. He loves my mom, yes. Naomi continues to be the the hero, the hero. And uh, I'm going to have her on one of my segments and try to get as much positivity as I can out of her. I'm not saying I will, but I, I do love how she just says it like it is. Yeah, I, I got to get her on Ernie's show. That would be a great, uh, great. Yeah, uh, a Naomi parent. Rosenberg with Ernie and Estes. You're kidding, Naomi, about that, aren't you? You really don't want to kill. Well, let's go on to the next subject. Let's let's go on to Adams now. How do you feel? Oh, okay, let's go on to somebody else. The only then. thing that she'll talk nicely about is my late father, who, by the way, she never talked nicely about in the 90 years a poor bastard was alive. Never. <laughs> Uh, Donald Trump, of course, my beautiful wife, Danielle, and my children. Outside of that, 
You could mention anything to Naomi, and it could turn into a complete disaster. <laughs> well, these trees are going to fall any time now, so. Oh, good old mom. I've got a huge guest list. We're going to kick it off with Frank Morano coming up at 640, breaking down these city council races. You know, we talk about all these elections. We get caught up in the president and Congress. These city council seats, what these people do on a daily basis is big. They've got a lot of power. And they're gross. They are gross. So we're going to talk to Frank Morano about these city council races. Curtis Sliwa, Peter King, Noam Layden, Alan Dershowitz, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, and Craig Carton all to come your way, plus traffic with Joe Nolan coming up next. But right now it's time for the Tunnel to Towers update. My dear friend, the CEO, Frank Siller, He's going to tell us about one of the many fallen first responder families the foundation has been able to help. I love this. Good morning, Frank. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Tunnel to Towers, we've been able to help hundreds and hundreds of fallen first responder families thanks to the generosity of 77 WABC listeners and our supporters all over America. Today, I want your listeners to tell them about one family we recently helped. A family, a Marine veteran who became a police officer in Raleigh, North Carolina, Officer Gabriel Torres. Superhero. First serves our country, then becomes a police officer. Officer Torres was on his way home from work this last October when he was shot and killed in a mass shooting in his neighborhood. He left behind a beautiful family, his wife Jasmine and a two-year-old daughter, Layla. When we heard about this, we were heartbroken, and we reached out immediately to Jasmine, and we let them know that their family was going to be taken care of, and we're going to give them a mortgage-free smart home. We're going to pay off their mortgage. This is who your listeners are helping, Sid. When they donate $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, we're helping the heroes of families like Officer Torres. So please, visit T2 T.org to help us bring stability to the fallen hero first responder families who have lost so much. Thanks, Sid. All right. Thank you, Frank, as always. And donate, folks, just $11 a month for America's heroes. Do it today at T2T.org. Once again, that's T2T.org. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built of boilers. Fireworks late last night in the Bronx with the Yankees overcoming a four-run deficit against the Baltimore Orioles in the opener of a three-game set. Ultimately stealing a 6-5 to W after bottom of the ninth heroics from the captain Aaron Judge that led nicely into Anthony Volpe's first career walk-off in the form of a bottom of the tenth sacrifice fly. The win marks five straight for the Bombers and brings them within two games of the second-place Orioles now and just five games back of the first-place Rays who <laughs> lost in a laugher last night 20-1 to to the Toronto Yeah, they lost by ninth of the like Warner Wolf would say, if you had the raise in 18 and a half runs, <laughs> yeah. how many home runs does Aaron Judge have now? Uh, I want to say 
14 or 14. 14. And he missed like 11, 12 games. Yeah. I mean, he's he's on pace to do what he did last year. He's an right. unbelievable well, player. On pace and, and, and then and then something. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear about Otani or a Trout. Right now, Aaron Judge yeah. is far and away the best player in Major League Baseball. You can make the argument the two the two New York sluggers are the face. Well, faces. Alonzo, but Alonzo strikes out a lot. It's kind of feast or bomb. And sure, Judge, 18, Judge is the man. He is the man. He is the yeah. man. And by, and come season's end, I guarantee Pete Alonzo's uh, batting average will be right up there. We'll see. We'll right. hope. We'll see. We shall see. Anyways, well, they Yankees. can't win a game. They lost again to the Cubs yesterday. Yeah, after winning five straight. Will you settle down? Not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yanks will try and keep it rolling in a real game against Baltimore tonight at 7.05. Nestor Cortez getting the ball against Baltimore's Tyler Wells. As for the Mets last night, they dropped their opener in Chicago by a score of 7-2, snapping their win streak at five games. The aforementioned Alonzo extended his lead in this year's home run race, passion, the his 18th of the year in the fourth inning. But the rest of the offense, they failed to show up and root to the loss. The Mets get the chance to bounce back in their middle game against Chicago tonight at 7-4. Kodai Senga versus Marcus Stroman in that one. On the hardwood, the Celtics beat the Heat 116-99 to stay alive in the Eastern Conference Finals and bring their deficit to three games to one now before Game 5 in Boston tomorrow night. In Dallas on the ice, the Golden Knights beat the Stars 4-0 to take a 3-0 series lead in the Stanley Cup Playoffs Western Conference Final. Vegas will try and close things out in Dallas tomorrow night's Game 4. As for the Eastern Conference Final, the Florida Panthers trying to close out the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Up three games to none. Puck drop at 8 p.m. Baby, there you go. We go, Benny. There we go. There we Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTakeless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Again, wishing the great Bob Dylan a happy birthday. This is the Traveling Wilburys. Jeff Lynn, Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, Roy Orbison. Bob Dylan, happy birthday. You know, um, Fleet Week starts today, so you'll see all these good-looking sailors walking around the city in their white suits. I know, Justin, you get turned on. Yeah, that's all oh my God. Fleet Week, that cool stuff that's right like there. That's like my 4th of July, baby. Oh, yeah. They sold the Flat Iron Building in Manhattan yesterday. Back to, uh, I believe, the original owner, or one of them at least, for $161 million. And uh, 140 years ago today, 140 years ago today was the opening of the Brooklyn Bridge. You know what I was over this type of stuff is uh, Frank Morano, who I say all the time, and I mean it sincerely, is one of the great radio hosts we've got in this city. His show, The Other Side of Midnight, gets massive ratings. One to five every weekday morning. And he's on with me now once a week and is terrific. Frank, good morning, buddy. How are you? I am doing great, Sid. It's great to be here on such an auspicious day, not only Bob Dylan's birthday, but with so many things happening with the Flatiron Building and the Brooklyn Bridge. And I'll (laughs) tell you, that's one of the great uh, underrated Frank Sinatra songs of all time is Brooklyn Bridge. It's a song nobody knows about, nobody ever plays, but he sings it just uh, just beautifully. And uh, I would t- suggest if people are looking for a way to remember the Brooklyn Bridge today, play that Frank Sinatra song. Does Piscopone do that song in his act ever? You know, uh, he has not. And I brought it up with Joe years ago, and like most Sinatra fans, uh, he seemed somewhat unfamiliar with it, actually. Wow. Let's get to the uh, the big national news. Then I want to do all these uh, local city council races, which you know more than anybody about. 
DeSantis is finally going to announce today that he's running with Elon Musk on Twitter. And uh, he's been sitting back and allowing Donald Trump to build what looks like an insurmountable lead. One poll's got Trump up 43 points. But now that it becomes official today that DeSantis is actually running for president, do you see DeSantis tightening the race? Because lots of folks that I talk to think he's still going to get killed. What are your thoughts? I, I do, it might tighten up a little bit, but honestly, I don't see it getting much closer. I think DeSantis has a few things working to his disadvantage. One, he's running a new media campaign when the bulk of Republican primary voters tend to skew older. And I think, uh, look, Twitter is great. Uh, Twitter spaces is great. I'm on Twitter, but I think the vast majority of people that are going to be voting in the Republican primary states in uh, New Hampshire and South Carolina in Iowa, they're not people that are paying attention to a Twitter spaces conversation. That's one, but it's relatively minor. Two is this onslaught of horrible ads that Trump and Trump's pack are running against DeSantis all over cable news, not just Fox News, but CNN and everywhere else. And I think DeSantis may end up hurting his brand significantly the way low energy Jeb did, the way Lion Ted did, uh, the way um, little Marco did. And there's a reason that nobody except maybe Chris Christie that ran against Trump in 2016 ever would think about running against him again, because the damage that you do to your reputation among Trump voters is real. And I think DeSantis, who at a very young age, could be branded with one of these dopey Trump names. Mm. And Trump got, has mm. got two of them so far, right. Ron DeSanctimonious and Ron tax. That's going to hurt him. <laughs> the feud with Disney is really going to hurt him, I think, because a lot of conservatives and a lot of Republicans like uh, sending their kids to Disney as well. And then lastly, the legacy media, the New York Times, Washington Post, they're going to take they're going to look for an opportunity to do negative stories about DeSantis every single day. One, because unlike Trump, DeSantis gives them zero access. And two, I think there's a fear that DeSantis might be a stronger candidate in the general election. So they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure DeSantis never gets to a general election. So I don't see DeSantis going anywhere, honestly. Yeah, I like what uh, you pointed out there. Very good stuff, Frank Ron. Let's get to some of these local city council races. I know that the Central Park Five were exonerated. I don't care. O.J. Simpson wasn't convicted of murder either. These kids, at the very least, at the very least, were out there wilding and robbing and beating up people. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to turn Yousef Salam into a hero. Actually, page two of today's New York Post, Yousef, a doctor of exaggeration. In fact, I remember the first uh, episode of Real Housewives of New York, Ebony K. Williams wearing a sweatshirt with the names of the Central Park Five on there made me nauseous right away. Now this guy not only calls himself a doctor, now he's running for city council up against a lady that a lot of people love in this city, Inez Dickens in Harlem. That's the one that's got my eye. What about you? Uh, you know, there's uh, every borough except Staten Island has at least one very competitive city council race. And this is the one in Manhattan, Harlem. The incumbent, Christian Richardson Jordan, who's got to be one of the worst people in the city council. She uh, has the worst attendance record in the city council. She a cop was killed in her district. She doesn't even put out a statement uh, saying anything supportive of the police officer. She kills this uh, project that Bruce Teitelbaum was doing in there that would have created a lot of jobs in her district. She's part of the Democratic Socialists of America. And 
Um, this is now that she's not running. This is going to be a very competitive council race where you have the former council member, Inez Dickens, who's now in the state assembly. She's running another, uh, a current assembly member, Alfred Taylor. He's running. And yes, one of the, what they call the exonerated five. And I share your skepticism of Youssef Salam. He's running. I think Dickens is going to pull that out because believe it or not, a lot of folks in Harlem are pretty concerned about rising crime as well. And Dickens is running on a tough on crime pro police platform. And I think there's a lot of room for that, even in a Democratic primary. A mutual friend out of Staten Island, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. She texts me about five times a week now. Every <laughs> t- I swear to God, Frank, every time Justin Brannon says or does something, I get a text from Nicole. There's a lot of people in our city hoping and praying somebody, Ari Kagan, somebody beats Justin Brennan. What are the odds of that? Uh, none. Uh, I mean, none? Um, look, um, none. I think uh, Kagan will win his Republican primary, but Kagan would have had a much better shot if he'd stayed as a Democrat and tried to run as a Democrat in the primary. Uh, the way this district is voting now and the way Brandon has worked this district his whole life, he wins in, in the general election going away. I mean, uh, I don't see it even being competitive. I wow. think Kagan wins the primary, but uh, Brandon wins overwhelmingly in the general mm. election. Let's stay in Brooklyn, this uh, new Asian district, this uh, new majority seat in uh, in Brooklyn, new Asian district. What does that look like? Well, it is a competitive Democratic primary between uh, two or three Asian uh, Asian candidates. You got Stanley Ng, Susan Zhuang, and Y. Yi Shan, and those are all on the Democratic side. This is a district hand carved for an Asian candidate to win, which is why it makes the Republican choice of a candidate in this election so bizarre. They chose in a district where the three Democrats are Y. Yi Chan, Stanley Ng, and Susan Zhuang, where Asians are voting. Republican at higher rates than ever in New York City, the Republicans chose to endorse a guy by the name of Vito LaBella. <laughs> do, do you think that's a good strategy? Well, I mean, now, it you talk doesn't sound these, Asian to me. I don't know. Now, you talk about these uh, these Brooklyn Republicans. They managed to take defeat from the claws <laughs> of victory whenever possible. Yeah. Uh, the, he, Vito LaBella is facing a primary against an Asian candidate, Ying Ying Tan, but I think uh, LaBella wins the primary and and then he loses because of the demographics of this seat. Big miss by wow. the Republicans. They would have had a chance to win this seat had they nominated an Asian candidate. Go to Queens, uh, one of the most loathsome people in this city. Uh, this lady, not that long ago, handing pamphlets to kids, telling kids how bad cops are. Real lowlife. Tiffany Caban and a bunch of folks running against her. I know Curtis Sliwa is endorsing hard Kelly Klingman. What about that race? Uh, well, look, I think this is a Democratic district these days. I don't see the general election being competitive. However, Caban has alienated a lot of people, and she is much more radical than the uh, than the actual Democratic constituency is. So I could actually see maybe an upset here where she loses the primary to her primary opponent, Charles Castro. The other race to watch in Queens is the attempted political resurrection of former cop, former convicted felon, and uh, former domestic batterer, Hiram Montserrat, who uh, your friend Joe Tacopina represented. A lot of folks may have seen the video of Hiram Montserrat beating up his girlfriend and uh, breaking a bottle over her face. Then, he, after he was expelled from the state Senate, he went to federal prison for a campaign finance violation. He's trying to mount a political comeback by running against Francisco Moya in the Jackson Heights area. 
area. You never know. Rumor <laughs> has it that Eric Adams is actually pretty close to Montserrat, and uh, they know each other from their days in the state Senate <laughs> sure. together. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah. How about my friend uh, Inna Vernikov in this battle against uh, this Russian gentleman there in my uh, part of Brooklyn, uh, where I grew up, actually, Midwood, Cheapside Bay, Brighton Beach, the Gravesend section. How does a win again look for Inna? Uh, well, you know, she got a late start in this race, uh, which I don't understand. She had every advantage in the world, and she's very well respected. Now she's finally starting to get some fundraising juice and momentum going. I think she wins the primary, and uh, even though her uh, Democratic opponent, Amber Adler, has done some interesting things and excited some interesting aspects of the constituency, I think she wins the general uh, going away in that district as well. It will be somewhat competitive, but I think Ina Vernikov is uh, headed towards not an easy reelection but a relatively easy relationship. One more that's got my eye is Vicky Palladino. She was on this show with me last week. Of course, I had Joanne Ariola on out of my district and Rockaway Beach and, you know, Breezy Point, uh, Bell Harbor, Rockaway, the whole thing. And I thought she did a pretty lousy job on Friday, put her on because of Margaret Powers and Paul King. But two days before she was on, Vicky Palladino was on, and she was defending Fort Titan, Bayside, that whole area in terms of the migrant influx. And I thought she was great, but you tell me this race against uh, Tony Avella may not be all that easy for Vicky. What are your well, thoughts there? I think this is a district that has become increasingly red. This was a district that was heavily Republican. Then it went to being a purple district, then a blue district. Avella was the only Democrat that was able to win it for years. And uh, then a purple district again. And now uh, Vicky Palladino and uh, Curtis Lewa and Lee Zeldin, who all have won overwhelmingly on there. I think they're in a pretty good situation. I've supported Avella in the past. And one of the guys that's running against Avella in the Democratic primary, Paul Graziano, I think Avella probably wins the primary and he will be the toughest opponent for Vicky because he used to have this seat and he was in the state Senate and he is much more moderate than some of the other Democrats running. But I think Vicky wins the general. She's worked this district hard and uh, it seems like a lot of those rifts within the Republican Party that would have been uh, very tough for Vicky in the past. I think they have largely healed and I think she's in a good position. I think Tony is the toughest Democrat. Uh, so it's not a slam duck, not a layup, but yeah. uh, I think Vicky's in a good position. One more 30 seconds is Bronx race with uh, Marjorie Martinez. What do you see there? Yeah, it's actually, I think I misspoke this morning when I was telling you about this. It's Marjorie Velasquez. That's what you get when you're doing these shows, uh, you know, and, uh, and you haven't slept. But Marjorie Velasquez, Democratic incumbent, this is an interesting seat. This is a seat in the Bronx that Curtis Lee will won. And that Elise Zeldin, I think, won as well. And this is actually a rare opportunity for the Republicans to elect someone in the Bronx for the first time in anyone's memory. And uh, the chairman's sister, uh, Christine Marmorado, is running. Curtis is running a candidate against her, George Havernick. I would guess that um, I would guess that this primary, if they had none, it would be a much easier situation for the Republicans because it has become a bit divisive. But I think uh, Marmorado probably wins the primary, although it's not a guarantee because Curtis is popular there. Yep. And I don't know what happens in the general. I think the general is uh, anyone's guess. Six Republicans now. Is that right in the council? That's right. That's right. Uh, but Kagan, I think, probably loses. 
loses. And then ha- um, Marmorado potentially has the opportunity to be the uh, the new sixth. And if the Republicans somehow uh, win this Asian seat, if Vito LaBella converts to being Asian, <laughs> then you have a possibility of seven. So I love it. That's know. great. All right, well, listen, a lot of Curtis Sliwa mentions. Of course, he's coming up next, as he does four times a week at 7.05. But you are brilliant. I'm telling you, man, you are such a great radio host. You're so up on all this stuff. I love it. Thank you again for all this great information, Frank. We'll be listening again later on tonight, buddy. I love you. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Sid. And uh, I will tell you that uh, my neighbor insists that he found saw a picture of us as he was looking on. I Instagram. love this story. You got you to tell this. He, and I hope he, Danielle is listening, my wife, because she breaks my balls about this all the time. Go ahead. This guy tells me, I saw you on uh, Instagram with some really Italian guy, that guy who's always so Italian. And I'm thinking, who is he talking about? Some gangster friend of mine or something? I don't know. And uh, he he pulls out your picture. I said, that's Sid Rosenberg. That's Sid Rosenberg. I don't think he's got a drop of Italian blood. He says, well, he looks Italian. And I said, I think you've just seen him in all these gangster pictures he does now. And I said, maybe you're right. Maybe you got a point. Uh, I think I've never met a Jewish fellow that wants to be Italian more than Sid Rosenberg. That is true. And I readily admit it all the time. I was so mad at my parents. What do you mean, Sidney Perez Rosenberg? Look at John Travolta. He's Tony Manero. Why can't I be him? Uh, Frank, you're Italian and you're great. Great, great job this morning. I'll see you tomorrow, pal. Uh, thank you, Sid. It's always a treat to be on. Uh, continued good luck. You too. Frank Morano, guy gets monster ratings overnight. I mean, 12s, 12s and 13s. Does a terrific job. That wraps up a great hour number one. Got a great hour number two about to come your way, including Bill O'Reilly's morning message, Congressman Peter King, and Curtis Sliwa. Only in the 7 o'clock hour. Hour two is next. His legs begin to quiver and his mind begins to bend. Oh, baby, you're such a tasty treat. But I'm under doctor's orders, I'm afraid to overeat. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy, this is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Here's my official response to yesterday's interview on WABC Radio here in New York with Rita Cosby and the former disgraced governor of New York. When it comes to nursing homes, he continues to lie and gaslight and not take any responsibility or accountability of what happened to over 15,000 seniors here in New York, including my husband's parents. Um, There was no pushback during the interview. He continued to blame everybody else except the man that signed the order for 46 days to flood nursing homes with over 9,000 COVID-positive patients. It was disgraceful. It was hard to listen to. He rambled on. Rita Cosby barely pushed back on him. So it was just more of the same. So Curtis Sliwa is now on this program four mornings a week. And why is that? Because I think he's great. Legend, icon, guardian angels does a great job here noon to one every weekday all weekend long. And during our conversations yesterday in between the migrants, which we'll get to today as well, we mentioned this uh, Cuomo interview yesterday. And you said flat out, if the governor doesn't apologize, then that's it. Uh, almost like you were giving him one more chance, even though you and I are both on record 
calling Governor Cuomo a lowlife, a scumbag, a murderer, all those horrible things. And they all apply, by the way, all of them. And I listened, I know you did, and I didn't hear any of that, not even close. In fact, I will tell you that when it came to crime, bail reform, nursing homes, it was a disaster. In, in fact, at one point, he blamed Floyd and Neely, and I was hoping and praying at that point, Rita was going to say, well, wait a second. If you have such a problem with mentally ill people in this city, why, Mr. Governor, did you shut down all the mental hospitals? That's right. Well, she didn't know. do that. When Andrew Evilized Cuomo was first elected, we had 30,000 beds in our state mental health facilities. Presently, we have 3,000. Right. Most of those were cut during his years in office. He is responsible. But I will tell you this. Three strikes and you're out in baseball. His first appearance on WABC actually was with Cindy Adams. People don't realize that. And, you know, uh, I didn't want to find out who he was stooping. You know, that was Cindy <laughs> Adams' big thing. Who are you stooping now? Okay, enough of that. Then John gave him an opportunity Friday night. This guy wouldn't apologize. He had fake calls coming in with that. Who is that? Mary, I know, Shlavo. That, 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 Shlavo, right, yeah. that producer yeah. of uh, yeah. the podcast that <laughs> nobody funny. listens to. She was handling the calls. It's got, come on. What is this? And then he gets into the ring with Rita Cosby. I must tell you, I would never have gone at him for being the governor chief perv in Albany for the first 20 minutes. Enough of that, Rita. I mean, the problem. have gone right to the right. nursing homes, right to no bail, and keep it there for the first half that, hour. That's all we care about. I mean, to be honest, the women stuff. And look, I... I, I I'm always very, very sensitive to those stories, and I agree with the women 99% of the time, but I actually believe this was taxes for Al Capone, right? This was selling merchandise in a Vegas hotel for O.J. Simpson, right? The, the, the bigger crime was not that he kissed some lady at a wedding or touched some girl or Lindsey Boylan, of all people. So of all the things he did to me, that's a waste of time. I agree with you, a complete waste of time. So I wouldn't doubt that people were tuning out. They don't want to hear that. That's not. You go for the prime cut. You don't go for the garnish. That was the garnish on the plate. People wanted the meat and potatoes. The meat, long-term nursing homes, 16,000 dead people, most of them unnecessarily. That's number one. Number two. No bail. He signed it into law. He never He never said, I'll veto that, I'll stand up to you. No, he well, capitulated. He did, but Melissa DeRosa once said to me that he thought when he did it, he was getting the dangerousness clause, which he didn't get, which would have made a big difference. Oh, come on. I know, I'm with you. Come I'm with on. You. And by the way, Melissa DeRosa, remember she had that Zoom meeting with all the legislators where we had to lie to the federal government about how many dead elderly people there were because we were afraid the federal government was going to sue us. Right. Now, she comes on this station from time to time. She should have to apologize for that. She admitted that they lied about the dead elderly people. Well, she's got a brand-new book coming out, and I believe it comes out in October. And according to her, there is a lot of honesty in the book, but we won't know. What about Cuomo? Hell no. You know she's not going to write out Cuomo. No, I mean, I, I think they're probably still good buddies. I don't know that, but that's my guess. Of course they are. Yeah. Come on. You know how the Cuomos yeah. operate. It's the sixth family of organized <laughs> crime. I've known each and every yeah. one of them. Remember, Fredo, Chris Cuomo was my radio partner for I remember. A month. Yes. 
So Cuomo? 0 for 3. As far as you're concerned, Andrew Cuomo 0 for 3. Oh, my enough. God. Enough. Enough. That's it. No, he thanks. stunk okay. out the joint. Our I agree. listeners yeah, don't want to hear him unless he does an Anthony Weiner. He falls on his sword. He apologizes. He shows humility. I was wrong. I made a mistake. If given the chance, I would never do it again. And a lot of people would say, okay, it took you a long time. But at least now we're open to you criticizing everybody else. Now he wants to be the go-to Oh, yeah, now he's got all the answers. All the things he complains about, he was the architect of. He built it all. Now he wants to tear it all down. He's and he was so proud this was a sanctuary state. Right. He was so well, proud. He just said that a couple of days ago when Eric Adams went to court to try to figure out a way to shed that. Cuomo was going, no, I'm proud for a sanctuary yeah, state. And he called ISOs. Now, to read his credit. She did question him on that. Yes, she did. Why did you call Ice Thug? Yeah, that was and good. He, he danced around that. Well, yeah. you know, they yeah. did some thuggish things. Never once said MS-13 with thugs. This guy is a fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi hypocrite. Not exactly a profile of courage. That brings me to my next person. Yes. So I'm in the hospital yesterday visiting my, my uh, beautiful daughter, Ava, and she's doing okay. Hopefully, I haven't spoken to her this morning at Danielle House. And I got a text from Laura Curran, our friend Laura. And she says, look, uh, George Latimer is looking for Curtis. He heard you on the show, and you and Curtis on the show this morning. And Curtis was saying he's going to all these beautiful towns in, in New York and Westchester and Chappaqua. And George wants to, quote, unquote, set the record straight. So I said, good. Here is the number for the station. Curtis will be on 705 tomorrow morning. George can call in, and we can discuss it on the air. It is now 717. But I have not seen a call. Oh, of course not, because he knows the first place I'm going to is Chappaqua, the <laughs> whitest suburb in America, waving the lawn jockeys are white. 33 Old House Lane, the guest house of who? Bill and Hillary Clinton. Let them set the example. They claim they're a sanctuary county. It's a blue county. Do you realize if Westchester had voted for Congressman Lee Zeldin, he would be our governor now? Yes. Not Kathy Crimewave. We love the illegals. Anyone opposed them is a bigot. Yesterday, she called us all bigots. She's done it a million times. By the way, how did Rob Astorino win there? Oh, my God, because, hey, I went up, I supported him the first time against a guy named Spano, who was the Greek who had been the county executive. He lost the first race, won the second race. But let me tell you, Rob Astorino has been spot on, ahead of the curve, ahead of everybody, including me. Oh, we started, give credit he started the credit whole thing. He, he was the first guy to reach out to Miranda Devine and say, you know, I see these illegals flying in in the middle of the night at Westchester Airport. And when I bring that up to Eric Adams... In the fight with Joe Biden, he never addresses well, that. Well, let me tell you something. He knows they were coming in at Queens because the buses were loaded. They went in the wrong direction on the Hutchinson Parkway with police escorts, bells and lights, and dropped them all off at 103rd Street in Corona underneath the number 7 train on the way to City Field. Eric Adams, you knew that. You didn't care. They dispersed because, remember, he's another guy who called I stunk. Yes, he did. Just like Cuomo. So you also told me yesterday, after I was done telling you about George, a uh, uh, profile of courage up in uh, the Ramada in there in, uh, in, uh, in Westchester, you said, well, you're not going to believe this one, Sid. Right, I got friends who went to Albany, went to Buffalo, all these great party SUNY schools, Stony Brook, where they smoke a heck of a lot of weed. You said, you're not going to believe this, Sid. But when your friends go to a big, oh, I don't know, a party, right, sorority party at one of those schools, 
the illegals are going to be knocking at the door. That's right. In Stony Brook. Welcome, the illegals. My wife, Nancy, also has been going in and out of the hospital. She's in uh, some tough situations, but she's still doing the research. I'm playing for it. She heard that yesterday. I informed her. I said, you know, Stony Brook. She said, are you crazy? What do you think? When I was a student there, she had to make 400 pizzas a day to feed the Chinese students who were coming in from Red China to, in order to pay your way through the college. She said, we walk around the campus. We don't want to be looking over our back to a bunch of illegal men, especially. You don't know if they're rapists, if they're pedophiles, if they're sexual assaulters. All of a sudden, you're having a party, a Tonga Tonga party, right? <laughs> and there's Diego there, you know, trying to prove to you he doesn't suffer from erectile dysfunction in the middle of a sorority party going, more cerveza, more cerveza, please. This is crazy. And who did this? <laughs> Kathy Crime Wave Hogan. Kathy Crime Wave Hogan shoving illegals into the campuses up soon. Now, what are they going to do when the students come back in August? What are they going to do? And in fact, you can't evict them. 30 days, if you're in one place, you are legally a resident. You have to go to tenant landlord court. Sid, you know what it's like to go to tenant landlord court? <laughs> Maybe two years, the judge will listen. And actually, he'll be a Democrat, liberal progressive and say, why do you want to take the illegal aliens off the campus? Why don't they do sweat equity? Cut the lawn, <laughs> wash the dishes, right. clean the shower stalls out. Let them earn their ability to stay there. What a crazy idea this is. Uh, two minutes to go. I know you listen to every part of the show right before you. Our mutual friend, the other side of midnight, Mike Morano, was on breaking down all these city council races. You're heavily involved in all of them, as you should be. You're the man in this city. I know of all, maybe you want Kelly Klingman to be Tiffany Caban, but in the next two minutes, give me the races that you're involved in and the ones we really need victories in. To Frank's credit, he indicated I won all those areas in the mayoral campaign as a Republican against Against Eric Adams. The big race, 13th City Council District. My guy, George Hav Havernack, has been there for like 40 years, community organizer. He was fighting the upzoning. Marjorie Velasquez is ultraditor. She stabbed all the neighbors, Democrats and Republicans, in the back. At the last second, she had a sit down with Eric Adams and his staff, and she voted. Four up zoning against the inches. She could be taken out. George Hav Havernack is the candidate. Look, Mike Rendino is the county chairman, the Republican. He's got his sister there. I've seen it twice. The woman does not know the issue. She might be a very fine lady, a fine mother raising her children. She works in the healthcare industry. But quite frankly, she knows nothing about the issues that affect Morris Park, Van Ness, Frog's Neck. I'm there. We're opening up a Ronald Reagan club there, Republican club. I love it. On what day? June 14th. Flag day! <laughs> On to victory with George Havernack in the Republican primary June 27th. Oh, that's my guy then. As always, Curtis Sliwa. This is... I may even go five. Hey, I, wait, 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 I may to, go five. Yeah, what happened to George Latimer? Hey, Laura Curran, he wants to call up. You don't have to be his Maytag, Laura. <laughs> Let the guy show some coolions. Let the guy make his own call. You don't have to protect him, Laura. George Latimer, come out to play. I'm coming to Westchester Ooh. to scout locations in Armonk. 
in Larchmont, in Scarsdale, and in Chappaqua. For all the illegal aliens that you want, George, as a sanctuary county. I'm coming for you, George. Come out and play. Oh, straight from the movie The Warriors, which Curtis Lewa knows too well. That's an amazing segment again. Everybody loves the Curtis Lewa segment. So do I. Coming up next, a big win for AM Radio, which is big for me and Curtis. The man who owns this station, my dear friend John Katsimatidis. He's coming up before Peter King next. Friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Oh, God said to Abraham, kill me a son. Abe said, man, you must be putting me on. God said, no. Abe said, what? God said, you can do what you want, Abe, but the next time you see me coming, you better run. Happy birthday, Bob Dylan, 732, your hump day Wednesday morning on New York's number one morning talk show. As my friend Judge Janine tells everybody, 7.6 million listeners. I love her. <laughs> and we got a uh, huge show coming your way. Big guest list. Peter King will be here. We're going to move Peter to the 8 o'clock hour. So we'll do Peter King, Gnomes, Nuggets, and Alan Dershowitz in the 8 o'clock hour. In the 9 o'clock hour, my friend Dr. Nicole Sapphire, Fox News, she's great, and WFAN afternoon host Craig Carden. So we got a, a big show to come your way, huge guest list tomorrow. We've got Bill O'Reilly, as he is every Thursday, Trump attorney Alina Haba makes her debut on this program tomorrow, and Joe Takapina is back on Friday. But a big, big win for AM radio. And the guy that really did a great job with that is the owner and operator of this station, of course, he does a great show every weekday afternoon at 5, Cats and Cosby. Tremendous show, 8 a.m. Sunday mornings, Cats Roundtable. Saw him last night at that great book party, John Cats and Matides. So let me start, boss, by saying, on behalf of all of us hosting on AM radio, thank you very much and congratulations. Well, congratulations to all of us because it was a combined effort. I mean, uh, nobody believed that that Washington or somebody is actually thinking of getting rid of AM radio. AM radio has been a part of our country for 100 years. It's part of our national defense system. You know, uh, WABC Radio and a few other stations, uh, in, in case of emergency, were part of the Department of Defense, cover 97% of the American people. Nothing else covers 97% of the American people. And if you only put uh, electronic radios into these electric vehicles, you know what happens? 
If the grid goes down, you know what you have? Zero Nothing. communications. Right. Nothing. Right. No, so it's, it's... It, it, was it was it a I, I look, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. Was there another plot to hurt America? I don't think that's being conspiracy theorist. I think that's being real. I think that may be the case. And that's why it was so important that you and I know that the former vice president, Mike Pence, he stepped up. He did a PSA for you, John, in this station. Other voices around town, people like Mark Chernoff, Howard Stern, they all defended AM radio. And uh, you, you had to do one or two different things, right? You went to Vegas. You went to D.C. You did a bunch of things, right? Well, me and Chad and Emily and Margo went to Las Vegas. We met with FEMA uh, because uh, uh, the national defense system now comes under FEMA. And uh, they couldn't understand what was going on. And uh, we met with the FCC. They they couldn't understand what was going on because AM radio is part of our, uh, our whole network of yep. systems. And, you know, and, uh, two guys. It was, just, it was just crazy. Yeah. Two guys that were really outspoken about this, too, John. I want your opinion on this. Mark Levin, the average one. He's not the great one. He's the average one. And uh, I can say that. And Sean Hannity. And they were saying that uh, part of the reason why AM radio was going away was because most of the conservative talk show hosts in the country, which I'm labeled as, but I'm not. I'm pro-choice, I'm pro-gay, but fine. Uh, most of the conservative talk show hosts are on AM radio, and they felt like it was a war on conservatism. Do you agree with that, partially? Uh, well, that's another aspect. It could be a war uh, against America. It could be a war against conservatism. But there's another aspect to that. You know what the other aspect is? Why should they give you a free radio for $200 in the car where they want to put you through an electronic system and charge you $9.99 every month for the rest of your life? See, that's why you're so great, John, and this is why you're uh, such an amazing businessman, is that you know everything in life, politics, all the major stories today, you always have to follow the money, always. And no one's talking about that. Right. right. And no yep. one's talking about subscriptions like Sirius XM. But you just nailed it, right, John? That would be a moneymaker for these companies. Oh, they'd make a ton of money. Are you kidding? They, 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 they create contracts at nine ninety nine a month. And guess what? They borrow on the contracts based on your, on your credit. <laughs> wow. So I did know that one of the uh, companies that was really giving AM radio a tough time and pushback was Ford, but I did read yesterday as part of this victory, John, that Ford now says they will put AM radios in the cars, electric cars. So it looks like we got Ford back on our side, yes? Well, if you remember, the we, WABC took a full-page ad in the New York Post, and the New York Post is the fourth largest newspaper in the country right now. And you, on my commentary, you know what I said in my commentary? I was addressing the CEO of Ford, Mr. Farley, and I said to him, you don't want to be another Anheuser-Busch. And you know what happened to Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. The, the prices of the stock dropped $5 billion. So Mr. Farley was probably uh, scratching his head and saying, oh, I don't want Ford stock to drop another $5 billion. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That whole Dylan Mulvaney thing really backfired. A couple of minutes here with uh, John Katz and Matidi's Katz and Cosby Katz Roundtable. A huge victory. And for friend. Yes. Tell your friend, uh, what's her name? The weather girl. I forget her name. Uh, Janice. She should, yeah. Uh, whatever her name is. Yeah. She should come on with Rita. Rita's a friend for 20 well, well, years. Well, hold on a second. Why, why? She refuses to come on with Rita. 
Well, what I was told, John, is that she wanted to bring some other parents on uh, or people that no, lost. No, it has to be her. She has to have the she, she has the she has the courage to badmouth Rita, to badmouth me. That come on, come on and talk about it. Well, let me ask we you. Offer, well, listen, while I got you, everybody, we offer everybody a a a a, a, a spectrum to, to be able to talk to the the leadership, talk to people, and you know who else I want on? Who? I want that that, that uh, lawyer uh, that advertises with Curtis that uh, that the Cuomo didn't do anything wrong. I, I think the American people deserve to find out what is the truth. Well, what do you think? And be honest here, John, you usually are. That's why people respect and love you like I do. How do you think Andrew Cuomo did yesterday? Uh, I think he's very upset. I don't think, uh, I think Rita was pretty tough on him. Okay, he is upset. So that uh, yes. <laughs> may not be a fourth show for uh, Andrew Cuomo. I'll talk yeah. to her. I'll tell her. I mean, look, I, you know, again, if, if he was going to come on and uh, and really be apologetic about some of these things, I think he would have gained a lot of support. I really, really do. But listen, that's up to him, and uh, certainly a lot of folks were listening yesterday, which is great for WABC. And at the end of the day, that's uh, that's what we well, do. We here. had we had record numbers yesterday with yeah. Rita, uh, and and the five o'clock show. I wasn't able to be at the five o'clock show because of another uh, engagement. And right. we had the party for uh, uh, Janine Pirro, uh, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, and, that was uh, you great about it this morning. Yeah, that was a great party, and uh, you and Margot, of course, and Chad and Emily. But what a what a star-studded roster, right, John? A bunch of big stars there last night. You know what life is all about, and I think you know it, and uh, I think you enjoy living in Manhattan. Uh, there's something to do every night. There life, is. There is something to do every night. I have two of two things to do or three things to do every night. Last night I had three things to do at <laughs> night, and, and, and you know what? It's part of living. Yeah. I mean... Florida is great for three days a week, four days a week. You go to Florida, you die. I know. That's why I came back back in 2016. I mean, you had dinner with like a bunch of senators last night. I'm afraid to even ask you what you're doing tonight. If I put up John Katsimatidi's daily schedule versus what Bill O'Reilly does every day on his website, Joe Biden's daily schedule, it's not even close, right? You're much busier. We're, we're, we're a little bit busier. <laughs> I think tonight we have my friend uh, Nina Rosenwald, who's a great lady, uh, and uh, we used to run Bill Clinton's uh, uh, dinners together, uh, and uh, she's giving me a book party for my book. Oh, awesome. Okay, great. Well, your book is doing great, too. You talked about uh, Janine's book last night, but your book is still selling big, right? Big. Absolutely. You know who's buying the book, uh, Sid? Uh, grandfather's grandmothers uh, and fathers and the giving and, and mothers are giving the, to their kids and grandkids because they want they want their kids and grandkids to read it to, to read about what what do you do how do I succeed in life yeah and you do know you, you've done it and I have to tell you the book uh, party we did last week with your beautiful daughter AJ I love her was so great and uh, you know you talked about how you made money you talked about you were so emotional about your mother and father emotional about Margot. I had a wonderful time that night at Empire Steakhouse. I thought you were great. And I think that book makes a great Father's Day gift, to your point, John, because everybody out there wants to be a success. Why not listen to a man that's actually done it? Well, you want to know something that makes a great Father's Day gift? It does. Right. Yep. So- I'll do an ad like that. See, you give me ideas. <laughs>
<laughs> Call our guy right now. We'll, we'll get in the New York Post. For Father's Day, get John's book. John, I love you. Congratulations again on the AM deal. Sure. Uh, yes. And your, and your ratings versus Mark Levin are triple. <laughs> <laughs> John Katsimatidis, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take, Let's, care. take care, buddy. Triple. You hear that? You hear that, the great one? You can triple your ratings. Triple in New York City. And you still don't beat me. That's right. I said it. That's the game, buddy. It's not about how many people like to watch you Sunday nights. It's not about how much Sean Hannity likes you. We only care about ratings. That's it. That's the game. Ratings. Some of you folks say ratings isn't everything. No, you're wrong, dummies. Ratings is everything. And you can add up Sean Hannity and Mark Levin, and there's still two points behind me. Two. You talk. We listen. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi. Oi. Well, the press is down. The boss ain't here. He got none for a while. Say that vanity got the best of him, but he sure left here in style. By the way, that's a cute hat, and it smiles so hard to resist. But what's a sweetheart like you doing in a dump like this? You know, I want to. So who's more famous then out of the great state of Minnesota? And I'm not going to include Jesse Ventura or my first cousin, Norm Coleman. This voice right here, the great Bob Dylan or Prince. Tough one, Lewis. No, it's not. Not even tough. No, it's Bob Dylan. Really? Well, yeah, if you know he comes from Minnesota. Well, now people, you know. People don't know. Well, now I'm, I'm giving you that information. You're telling me that I Dylan much more popular than Prince. Well, Bob Dylan is much more influential, and but yeah. he is. He's just, he is. Whether you like him or not. I, no, I'm just asking. I'm not arguing with you. He's You're getting very defensive. No. What is he, your cousin? No, because I'm looking at your face. You're like, are you kidding? Well, I mean, a lot of people love Prince, bro. I've sort and, of he, and he did kind of revolutionize music in his, own, in his own way. I agree. Yeah. And he did bang Apollonia. And, well, uh, so did so did Bob Dylan. Oh, Dylan banged too? Yes. Who was yeah. the other one, too? The um, Tiffany Hutt. Oh, what was her name? Um... Oh, she was very, very famous. Prince had them all. He had Sheila E. But the other one, the other famous one. one oh, I don't know. Another. Dylan didn't bang anybody. Maybe Bruce. That's it. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Prince lost the lead when he died, you know? That's true. He did die. Yeah. True. Yeah, but it's not like Dylan has come out with 30 new songs since then. No, but he's still We're still playing Blowing in the Wind and Like a Rolling Stone. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, no. when he goes, you watch all the all It's going to be big. Well, didn't he win? He won the... like the... Um, some some award from the president they gave to Bob Dylan, the uh, sure. Medal of Freedom. I'm sure. Yep. And he was like, I'm not going. I don't deserve it. Probably the same thing they gave to Bruce. Yeah, he doesn't like Bruce, He doesn't like any of that stuff. Yeah, he's, he's, is he kind of awkward, I guess? I, he's a miserable person from that what sucks. I've heard. I can't be miserable and be Yeah, Bob right. Well, he's rock and roll. He's not, right, but that's not how he looks at things. I yeah. mean, I, I'm not going to speak for him. because well, How do you know so, him so well? Well, I know other musicians that yes. have played well, with him. Well, you do do that. That did, have played with him. Would the Levine Helm ever play with him? No, I think, yeah. He, I think they did. They played, because I think he was on the last waltz, I think, okay. which is their last concert. Right. The band. Right. But Larry Campbell, who played guitar with Levine, yeah. told, you know, relayed a few things to me. 
about mm. him, about what he was like. Yeah, it's you, you know, know it, not, it, they're not what you. They're not, no, it's just funny. Not a happy, no, I know. I mean, person. I mean, look, look. Who knows better than us? Mm. Working you for thirty years, me for eighteen years. With a legend like Dylan is to music, Don Imus in radio. But and he was people, a miserable son of a bitch. What do people ask you a lot when you're like, what was this person like? What was he right. like? Were what was he really like? like? What yeah. was he like? Yeah. Nobody said Brian Mr. Go, he was worse. Worse. <laughs> well, I reached out to uh, Deirdre uh, two days ago. I don't know why, but I saw something on Instagram. I follow her for some reason. I don't know why. She hates me. That's fine. But she's an artist. <laughs> she's an artist, and she has like this new painting that she's promoting on Instagram, so I sent her a direct message, and I said, hey, Deirdre, do you realize that the only person in New York radio that ever, ever mentions your dead husband's name is me? And let me tell you, sometimes it's very complimentary. In fact, the last couple of months, I've said time and time again, more people stop me and say, you're the next Imus, you're Imus, you know, young, brash, political, but funny. So what's the problem? Stop listening to Fat Rob Bartlett and other people. <laughs> that bastard. And um, I want to bring you on the show and, and talk about some of the good things. Don did some good things. And she never gets back to me. And her, you know, a doopy kid, Wyatt, he came out. And I like Wyatt, but he came out and he blasted me when his father died, me and Bernard. And I just don't get it. So I know Leslie Slender still speaks to her and a few other people. Uh, their names are on the Instagram page. And if you talk to Deirdre, tell the truth. No one cares about Imus except for me. No one else is talking about him. Stern still brings him up in very negative fashion occasionally. But no one else talks about Imus. Nobody. Greg Kelly doesn't even know who he is. So instead of getting mad at me, how about showing some appreciation? Well, Douche face. <laughs> well, that ain't going to help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that just hurt it. See, I was doing great up to that point, right? No, I mean... Well, Every also, time you gotta give her some, you gotta give some sort of intro. You can't just dive right into being like, "Hey, by the way, no, 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 I'm but, the only one who talk, ever talks about." No, but 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 when he died, I sent her a message. I mean, I've been trying to talk to her for years. Well, just, but like maybe like, how, a, "Hey, how, how are, are you? you?" That's what you gotta. Say. Well, I, I may have said that. And I don't. Then, I don't then, remember if, but my my exact salutation, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I, well, don't get worked up about Jesus. it. Jesus, it's all right. Maybe I shouldn't have said douche face. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you already said it. It's over now. Cut that part out of the uh, your podcast. Can't do it. Okay. No, what do you? Well, no, I'm hated. I anyway. He was happy he died. I was. <laughs> That's it. we got to go right to break. Quote, he was happy he died. Norm Layden, I was. <laughs> you can make a name for yourself. You can hear them tires squeal. You could be known as the most beautiful woman who ever called the cross cut glass to make a Even before you came in the door They say in your father's house There's many mansions Each one of them got a fireproof floor Snap out of it, baby People are jealous of you They smile to your face But behind your back they hiss What's a sweetheart like you To be an important person to be in here, honey Got to have done some evil deed Got to have your own helm when you come in the door Got to play your harp and tell your lips, please Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance 
and you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. goes out to you, Lewis. I love you so much. And uh, all the folks last night, Judge Janine, I love Judge Janine. And we had a lot of friends there last night, Judge Janine, but of course, John and Margot Katsimatidis and Chad and Emily and Sergio Gore. I love that guy. Alina Haba, the Trump attorney, making her debut on this program tomorrow. Kellyanne Conway, two great attorneys representing Daniel Penny, Thomas Knipp, my guy, and Steve Reiser. Monica Crowley, Rachel Yucatel, Dominic Carter, his lovely wife, Dr. Siegel, Geraldo, Ernie Anastas. That's what friends are for. One sad note as I get ready to talk to another dear friend, Peter King. I didn't realize that uh, today, believe it or not, is the one-year commemoration of the Uvalde shootings. It's been a year since that horrendous episode in Texas where that, I don't even know what his name is. Like, I remember Adam Lanza's name and... I remember Nicholas Cruz down in Parkland. I forgot this guy's name, thank God, and who wants to say it anyway? Went into that school in Texas and murdered all those little kids one year ago today. And that uh, ended up becoming basically four months of demonizing police because they did a lousy job out there. They did. They're human. They were scared, and they did a bad job. They did, but that's, that's all we did. We used to yell at Lydia almost every day. Stop talking about the cops. I get it. They screwed up. While they screwed up, some cop right now is saving somebody's life in, in, in Bed-Stuy, you know. But it has been a year, so uh, our hearts and prayers go out to all the families that I'm sure are still suffering. My next guest, that's what friends are for, Congressman, Homeland Security, dear friend of the Rosenbergs. He was supposed to be on at 840. Then Justin moved him to 740. And now he's on at 809. <laughs> I get the blame? Why do I get the blame? Uh, why not? Oh, okay. That's your okay. job. I'll take it. Peter King. Pete, what's going on, big guy? 
Well, actually, I'm getting ready to talk to Len Berman, and then I'm going over to New York One. Uh, I get treated like a bouncing baller. And by the way, Justin says that, listen, you, uh, you're a Jewish guy, you make believe you're Italian, and you say, screw the Irish. That's so, true. I mean, this is it. I get bounced around like, He's right. uh, like no respect, no yeah. respect He's at right. All. He's right. Uh, all that happens to be true. And Justin, by the way, was so mad at what you made him do, he was threatening to quit. I told him to hang on. <laughs> He'd rather work for Imus. Yeah, well, no, I don't know about that. But, uh, listen, if you go over to Len Berman, you may be able to attract a listener or two. He could use the help, trust me. <laughs> I, I would triple his rating. Yeah, from one to ben. three. <laughs> He's, uh, listen, Len's fine, Mike's fine. I don't I don't need to talk about the competition. We, we know the real deal. But, Pete, that was funny. You'll do MSNBC, but it better be with Errol Lewis. That's my friend, right? <laughs> that. Yeah. The New York won all of them. Anyone? I thought you were my friend. Now I get bounced around. You no, know, you might be in the corner no, somewhere. No, but my that's why, that's why we're great friends because you don't <laughs> bitch and complain. You're so easy. Like I love Sid. Whatever. I'll do whatever it takes. And let me tell you, Pete. All kidding aside, people yeah. look forward to you coming on on Wednesdays. It's a big deal because you and I discuss a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And we'll start here. I, I did just say that we are uh, commemorating one year since yeah. the Uvalde. Mass shooting feels uh, like it wasn't a year ago. Feels shorter, but anyway, that was one of the more tragic days and, and events in the history of this country. Yes, no, it was absolutely uh, horrific. It was tragic. You know, it happened to those kids and those families and what they went through. It's impossible to even imagine it. But also, you know, you mentioned about the cops. Okay, the cops get down there obviously did not do their job, but all over the country, everywhere else. That's the type of thing they do every day. I mean, you know, we don't even think about it in New York. If there's something like that going on, if there's some crisis, the cops go in. The firefighters go in. Same in Chicago. I mean, uh, Philadelphia. The cops, uh, 99% do a phenomenal job. And you're right. Too many people used that last year, what those cops did down there. And let's face it. It's a small town. They weren't ready for this. But this is what goes on. I mean, every day, the NYPD, Nassau County cops, Suffolk County cops, state troopers, they are constantly drilling for events like this. So they know exactly what to do when, God forbid, something like this you know, does happen. And also they're able to prevent things from happening. They're able to move quickly. And they do it despite the fact that getting nowhere near the support and coverage they should be getting from the mainstream media and the progressive politicians and the New York Times and those other rags that are out there. You know, I did see uh, your friend, the Commissioner Shul, again on Sunday. I've seen her twice now in the last month down by Battery Park, Pete, because about a month ago they unveiled 77 more names, police yeah. officers that have died in the line of duty in that beautiful memorial wall right downstairs from my apartment. And then she was there again this Sunday because my buddy Tom Biggers ran the annual NYPD Running Club 5K run. She was there, Pat Lynch. i got to tell you, man, she is so sweet and so nice. I know you, you were touting her even before Mayor Eric Adams picked her to be the commissioner. I love that lady. I think she's great. And she's a great lady, great person, and a great cop. She's a cop's cop. She did it all. She was a street cop. She was a detective. She was undercover. I first met her when she was heading the gang unit in Nassau County. Now, she's great. She really is. Uh, she, you know, she and Melissa worked together in the 5th Precinct, which is a tough precinct in Nassau County. Uh, she's a... Uh, Again, a cop's cop, and, you know, she's such a great public speaker. Yes. It's all from the heart. She writes all those speeches herself. She's a totally dedicated cop, and uh, I, I just wish she was able to be out front more often because the more people see her, the more they realize what a you know, prize they have there. Well, you know, you say uh, more out front more often, and I get that, too, from people who like her. They go, listen, I agree, Sid, I love her, but 
She's not really allowed to do her job. People feel like the mayor, Eric Adams, kind of serves as a commissioner. He's got another guy. Is it Banks? I forget his name. Yeah, Phil Banks. Yes. And uh, people say, I agree with you, Sid, but we don't see enough of her. And you kind of just said the same thing. Yeah, again, I, I, I'm not aware of all that's going on you know, the inner circles. There, but the fact is that I, I just think that uh, if you want someone to be the face of the police department and also to really know what's going on, you know, Keyshawn is the one. I mean, if you go on social media, the cops love her. And it's not that awful. It's my father's a cop for 30 years, and cops love to be, you know, you know, be critical of the commissioner. That's always part of the deal. You criticize the boss. They love her. They love Keyshawn because they know that she's out there fighting for them. She goes, she, and she's visited almost all the precincts in the uh, city. She's there. She works hard. Anyway, she's a, a, a real great resource we have. And uh, But, again, yeah, it is different, I guess, when you have a mayor yeah. who is a cop for over 20 years. So, yeah. Anyway, so- I, I'm not questioning who's doing what. All I know is that I think the more people would see her, the more confidence they have and how great she really is. And you did mention Nassau County, so she's one of yours. And I know you heard yesterday I had the Nassau County executive, Bruce Blakeman, on late in the show yesterday, very late. In fact, the same time Craig Carton is coming on today at 940. And he talked about this uh, casino, a uh, 17-to-1 bipartisan vote in favor of building a Vegas Sands at the Nassau Coliseum, a lease that you signed many years ago before the Islanders started playing hockey there. Now they got to get the town and the state. I get that. But he seems to think they're well on their way to building this huge casino in Nassau County. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, listen, yeah, it, it is important for the county. I have a bit of a conflict of interest here because my daughter is an attorney for someone who's sort of uh, competition there. But that, that's another story. No, listen. This Wait, is Aaron? Aaron is an attorney for somebody else there? Yeah, well, no, what it is is she's an attorney for someone who has a lease there now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Okay. A, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> Into gotcha. a lacrosse team, and if the college team goes down, you know, they're out of work. So gotcha. anyway, that's, that's that. But, again, now Bruce is a good friend. And what he's shown here is this, this really took leadership. I think if you had asked people six months ago, eight months ago, would this happen, they never would have thought it, it would have gotten this far. I mean, Bruce has really gotten it out there. And also, with all the partisan politics around, he had a 17-to-1 vote in the county legislature. That, you know, that you know, really says something. So I give uh, you know, Bruce credit for staying on the job and for getting – what he wants done, getting it done, and he's been a an excellent county executive. Now we've been lucky. Laura Curran was a very good Democratic county executive. Bruce is an excellent county executive, and uh, to me, you know, we have a lot to be proud of in Nassau County. And we had Keyshawn Sewell going to the NYPD, and we have Pat Ryder, who's a great police commissioner. So we you know, and Ann Donnelly, we, you know, yeah. we're in great shape here in Nassau County. No, I agree. And I didn't realize my buddy Tom Biggers, who runs that NYPD running club, he actually drives Ann Donnelly. He told uh, Danielle that uh, Danielle's actually going to run the New York City Marathon this year. She's done 40. You know her marathon history. It's incredibly impressive. But yeah, she was yeah. ready to kind of retire. And Bigger has talked into running New York this year for the police department. How about that? Yeah, I have a tough time running around the block. I don't <laughs> know how these people do it. I, I don't know how she does that. Well, I, I put it this way. I guess she would do anything to get away from you, kid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think of, you know. That's right. She became a great runner running away from me. Excellent job. <laughs> You're right about that. Hey, let me ask you about, I'll go back to the mayor for a second. We talked about the police commissioner, but, you know, there's a lot going on here. And sometimes the mayor gets blamed for stuff that's not his fault. And by the way, much like a football coach or baseball manager, sometimes the mayor gets credit for stuff that he doesn't necessarily do. Right. This migrant crisis... What would you give Eric Adams? What grade? 
overall? Overall, I'd say a C minus. It's not a great grade. No, it's not. It's not. I was. I think he uh, he he really was wrong at the start by saying he was going to welcome them all, have people at the Port Authority. You know, he's like proud of the fact he's going to build this in Central Park. He's going to do everything else. Not realizing there's no end to this. It's not like we're taking in five thousand people or six thousand people. This is going to be endless. I think what he did was he opened the door. And uh, he uh, went out of his way to say how welcoming New York would be, not realizing the consequences. Having said that, then he realized what was happening. I give him credit for taking on Biden, for taking on the governor, and for realizing that, you know, New York can't do this. But I also agree with what Lee Zeldin said. This isn't just money. I don't care if they give us a trillion dollars. The fact is, New York City is not in a position to handle 40, 50, 60,000 people coming in. You know, let's face it, just let's say six months ago, before this started, we were wondering, can New York come back from COVID? Can New York come back with all the crime going on? And we, uh, it was a struggle just to survive there. Now, on top of that, we have 40, 50, 60,000 people coming in. And again, I'm sure most of these people are good people, but we can't take everybody in in the world. We have to do it in an organized way. Otherwise, we're not being fair to them. We're not being fair to the people living here now. And it's just a, yeah. uh, it's a mess. So I think the mayor made some big mistakes up front. He's trying to I give him credit. You know, people say you should be doing more in fighting the Democrats. I wish he would, too. But you have to understand the peer pressure you're under. I mean, he's got to somehow try to stay close to the Democrats, but also be an independent voice. And so, listen, I also, you know, I, I don't know who else the Democratic Party, you know, could even come close to him right now. So I think what you're doing by sort of prodding him along, give him credit when you think he's doing the right thing, but don't give up on him when he does something that you, know, you right. and I might disagree with. Right. That's exactly what I'm doing. You nailed it, Pete. In fact, I think he's set to join me coming up on Friday. I spoke to Fabian Levy, of course, put Lou Molina on the show yesterday, the commissioner of the Department of Corrections. I did just find out, though, that uh, they are sending 3,000 illegals to Manhasset at 10 o'clock this morning. So be ready, okay? <laughs> well, I tell you, you always start in trouble. You and you and Curtis. <laughs> Hey, Curtis has been uh, pretty solid up to this point. He really has. So one more for you, Pete King. Today it's official. Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis. And look, you're a Trump guy. You were friendly with Trump. Still are, I guess. But you say, look, I love his policies, but too much drama, too much chaos. And I think that means you like DeSantis. I don't even know. But DeSantis officially jumping in today. I don't think it matters. I think Trump is still going to kill him, even with all the legal issues out there. What do you think? First of all, you know, it's, uh, next year is a long way off. I was at Rudy Giuliani when he was 20 or 30 points ahead back in 2007, 2008. John McCain didn't even have, uh, have enough money to fly around the country. He was carrying his bags around the airport. <laughs> Nobody thought he had a chance. He ended up winning. Primaries have, a, again, a, f- a funny life to their own. So it's, it's still a long way off. Right now, there's no doubt Donald Trump is ahead. But it, it is going to be a question of all these indictments. And at least I think most of them are unfair. But it's a question of... Uh, do people not they're going to hold it against Trump? They're going to say, can he really be president fighting off all this? Can he really get the job done? How much of these are self-inflicted wounds that you know didn't have to happen? But uh, no, I was I I know DeSantis. I'm not sure. I think I said this year months ago. I don't know if he's ready for prime time. Now he may be, and he may show that he can. But up till now, he's not shown himself to be an effective national candidate as he was a very effective candidate in Florida. Florida is a big state. It's an important state. And he did, he's doing an excellent job as governor, and he was able to sell his message politically. So far, he's not been able to do that. I think he's got to develop more of a personality. But having said that, he's a very smart guy. Harvard, Yale, captain of the baseball team, 
uh, you know, an officer in the Navy, overseas in Iraq, all of that. And, uh, again, he, he's smart. He's a hard worker, but he's got to, I think, generate more. Whatever it is that Donald Trump has, people know right away they love him or they like him. I don't know if, if uh, DeSantis can generate that type of love that Donald Trump has. You can't. You're born with that. Donald Trump was born with a tremendous amount of charisma. You may hate his guts. I don't care. He's got charisma. DeSantis has none. And yet, Nikki Haley still out there this morning crushing Ron DeSantis in her new TV ad saying all he is is an echo of Trump. Our mutual friend, Anthony Carone, I like him a lot. He sends his regards to you, Pete. He says, uh, Pete King is the best, and you are. Another amazing segment. Uh, that was a 15-minute segment and went in like three minutes. So thank you so much. I love you, pal. Yeah, I'm so mad at you. For no, you're not. Like a rubber ball, no, you're okay, not, man. You know. No. In fact, next week, <laughs> we're not going to move the time. We're going to move the day. Next week, you're going to be on Saturday at 10, and I'm off that day. Oh. <laughs> and I'm in Temple that day. I'm in Temple. <laughs> Good job, us. Peter, I love you. Thank you. Great job. Great job. Okay, thanks. Okay. Peter King's the best. He really is. He's got a great sense of humor. You know? How many guys come on the show that are former politicians that make you laugh? Like none. Peter King. He is the king. F. LeBron or Henrik Lundqvist or even Charles. The king is Peter King. And yes, this goes out to you, Peter. That's what friends are for. And informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Once upon a time, you dressed so fine. Do the bumps of dime in your prime. Then you. Say beware, doll, you're bound to fall. You thought they were all kidding you. You used to laugh about everybody that was hanging out. Now you don't talk so loud. Now you don't seem so proud. Music royalty right here. Happy birthday to Robert Zimmerman, a.k.a. Bob Dylan. This one, like a rolling stone, usually up there on that um, list. 
That uh, the cue dogs were K Rock used to do at the end of the year. Stairway to Heaven, Freebird, number, number four, number hey, three, Jews. number oh, six. Yeah, right there, yeah. You do love this song, no? Yeah, it's all right. Because it's been played a lot, that's why you say that, right? <laughs> Could be the case. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Jen Harrison, Governor Cuomo said he had judicial discretion in his bail reform, and they changed it. Lies. Rita let him lie and lie and lie. But Rita did the best she could. What do you want? Come on, that's not a that's not a fair fight. Andrew Cuomo is a big bully, and uh, I would have kicked his ass. You didn't do it with me. That's fine. You know, because I wouldn't listen to anybody else. No one is ever going to tell me what to do, what they're saying. Not that he did that with Rita, but he had an opportunity to go on with me, and he didn't do it. So he did it with um, Cindy Adams, John, and Rita. And trust me, I think Rita did, uh, uh, you know, what she could do. But I wouldn't have spent personally 15 minutes on the on the woman touching thing because I, like I always say, that was the taxes to Al Capone. You know, was, I'm not even sure what he did there. You know, I'm a touchy-feely guy myself. I tend to touch a shoulder or kiss a cheek. To me, that was the least, the least of what this man did. Man, it's a I, waste of time to even bring that up in the first place. I don't, yeah. I don't your house by now. If that was yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, forget you, about you, it. You right, want, exactly. You put Sid's done to me. Yeah, she so. touch her. You okay, she touch her. Yeah, I mean, I touched your ass yesterday. You and Curtis. Well, I mean, listen. Oh, we're the same sex. I understand that, but right, and, and I'm not minimizing or, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to what men do to women, it, it is gross, and it still is gross, even after the Me Too movement. Believe me when I tell you, my wife is gorgeous. She gets still to this day. I mean, she can't walk into a courtroom, onto a train. No, forget it. That's disgusting. No. Men are gross. No, I get it. But animals. come on. You get Cuomo on, you pound him on two things. We only care about two things. Nursing homes, 18,000 dead, and crime, bail reform. That's it. That's it. So... It wasn't uh, a, a no-holds-barred, uh, serious, uh, it was none of that. Because on the serious stuff, he ran over her. Not her fault, but he ran over her. You know. She had a couple of opportunities to call him a liar. She didn't do it. When he mentioned Jordan Neely and, and he mentioned um, George Floyd, talked about mental mentally ill people, we'd have had a chance right there to kill him and say, well, listen, Mr. Governor, you closed the mental hospitals. She didn't do it. The, the, you, you put it in a great way. I forget who which guest it was. And you said, all the things he's complaining about and the things that he's now railing about, he was the architect of. Yeah, Andrew Cuomo, exactly great. right. Yeah, <laughs> All the things that he yells, he's got all the answers now. Well, of course he did. He's the one who built it. <laughs> you know? You want to figure out how to knock down the World Trade Center, go talk to the architect. Yeah. He's the flank, Frank Lloyd Wright. Of- there you go. That is brilliant. No, no just, no. It's, I'm just. The Wright brothers. I'm writing the. Uh, yeah, they yes. uh, got us to the moon, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think so. That's no, what did you think of the uh, Cuomo interview yesterday? I thought Rita did an okay job. Yeah, okay, right. That's that's not a great uh, ringing endorsement, by the way. It's okay. not going to go on the marquee. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. Layden says, yeah. did an okay job. Now, the problem is, you know, he's he. it's hard to interview him because he's always going to get the better of you unless I do it. And he won't do it with me. So, did you hear that comment right at the end where he he finally was? You could you could see her hear his frustration during some of the interview. But at the end, she asked him about what his future plans were, and he yeah. said, "I want to someday be like Rita Cosby and have a show where I ask really mean questions." Yeah. No, I know he's pissed. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, if, if you wanted to piss the governor off, Rita got an A for that because she yeah. did piss him off. He thought he was walking into a very friendly atmosphere, and she did go out and pretty hard those first 20 minutes, again, on a topic that nobody cares about, nobody. But she did do that, and that pissed him off. So if the idea was to piss off the governor, then she did okay because he is pissed. Um, me, I wanted answers on real issues, and I didn't get any. And he would have been really pissed at me. <laughs> really pissed. But it's okay. I don't think there'll be a fourth try. I really don't. And I don't think I'd do anything to enhance my chances of doing it. Now, do I? Kind of like calling Deirdre Imus douche Yeah. That doesn't help. Not no. going to help. No. <laughs> That'd be a nice private yeah. message. Yeah. <laughs> hey, just wonder how you doing, douche no, We got like three minutes. Let's go. Uh, no, uh, wild scene at Caravaggio, the um, the Upper East Side Italian eatery. So do you remember um, Andrew Stein? Uh, he was uh, famous back in the 80s and 90s. He was the Manhattan Borough president for a he's while. He's actually going to be on with Frank Morano later on tonight. Well, he's the city council president. Uh, as well during those years. So he's at this Upper East Side Italian eatery, and he chomps into some veal, and here's what happens. But I decided I'll be a little wild and I'll go for the veal chop. So I did, and I took a, a, a huge bite, and uh, when I uh, and it got stuck in my throat, and literally, I, I, I was gasping. I couldn't breathe for like three minutes, and everybody panicked. And I think uh, the whole restaurant was watching. Yeah, so he tells Frank Morato, you will not believe who came to the rescue with the Heimlich maneuver. Well, Woody Allen sprung into action <laughs> and uh, did the Heinrich, 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 uh, Heinrich uh, uh, you know, maneuver no, on me. Know. And uh, probably saved my life, you know. Wow. So uh, awesome. he really moved quickly. And, uh, you know, my throat is real. I went to the doctor today. My throat is uh, very red and sore. Sure. Uh, but no I mean, more veal chops. No yeah. more. Yeah. So, so, so it turns out that even after banging his daughter, Woody Allen is not a bad guy after all. Well, so you know who was, also, you know who was also at the table? Uh, Alan Dershowitz. No, Alan Dershowitz oh, was there. Oh, he's coming up next. Yeah, you can ask him about this. He was at well, the table. Give me the, it was, who else now? It was Alan Dershowitz and his wife. Uh, who, who's, and, and Sunyi Previn, uh, uh, you know, Woody uh, Allen's wife. And daughter. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of weird, I know. I'm just telling you. Yeah. And, of course, Andrew Stein, who is alive. And, by the way, it's not the first time that Woody Allen has saved someone's life. Back in 1992, yeah. he was also in a restaurant uh, with a Saturday Night Live producer who also started choking, this time on a piece of bread at a Second <laughs> Avenue Come restaurant. Yeah. And he did the Heimlich maneuver on that guy, saved his life. So two lives, Woody Allen has saved the latest Andrew uh, Stein last week at this restaurant. Oh, on this the was just side. last week? Yeah. This is unbelievable. Yeah. So you have to ask Alan about it. I'm going to ask him Alan right away. Was, Alan apparently looked on in horror, you know, as they were trying to figure out what to do to help this guy. <laughs> right. I could come over right now. I don't even know how to do this. Sometimes I could do it, but sometimes I don't. I wish I... Hold on a second. Let me grab your stomach a little bit. This worked on a movie set. I, I, I don't want you to die while no. I'm eating. I think, real... uh, I think the whole relationship with Sue Nee's daughter when she was on the floor choking on something. Yeah, choking. <laughs> let, me, let me do this to you. Uh, well, thank, thank you for that. my daughter. That's great. Oh, yeah.
<laughs> That's a great story. Once again, Noam Layden, your uh, your nuggets are great, man. By the way, I I have to say I love the moment I heard, uh, this is all Frank's interview that I pulled that sound from that Frank did overnight. Yeah. But Frank, uh, so like he asked them a question about you know. Uh, you know, choking on the veal. And then the next question Frank's asks, he goes, you know, I know I'm not Jewish, but are you supposed to be eating veal? <laughs> yeah, veal? Because Andrew Stein is Jewish. I know, but yeah, it's, not pig, veal. it's not yeah, bacon. It's not bacon. It's like, what kind of question is that? It's uh, such a bizarre question. That, it is because he may be the smartest. He's right there, one of the smartest guys I know. Yeah. And that's a very dumb question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the guy's name? Bob Stein, right? No, Andrew Stein. Andrew Stein. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll remember because of the homo. That's right, the governor. We're going to talk to the mentioned Alan Dershowitz coming up next. Great defense attorney. Also, Dr. Nicole Sapphire and WFAN star Craig Carton going to stop by this morning as well. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hello, Jeff Lynn. Lynn, of course, part of that traveling Wilbury band that we mentioned earlier with Roy Orbison and Tom Petty and Bob Dylan. Today happens to be Bob Dylan's birthday, the great Bob Dylan. He's a Brooklyn boy like my next guest, who one of these days is going to write a book about Brooklyn and include great Brooklyn people like me, like Bob Dylan, and maybe Woody Allen, too. He is the brilliant constitutional attorney. I love this guy. really do. Alan Dershowitz. Now, before we start talking, Alan, about all these law cases, I was just told a story that you were out for dinner not that long ago with Andrew Stein and Woody Allen, and Woody Allen literally saved somebody's life performing the Heimlich maneuver right there in front of you. Can you confirm or deny? I can confirm it. I was there with uh, Brett Stevens and with uh, Woody Allen and his wife, and suddenly Andy... Uh, you know, he had a piece of pork, and God said, Andy, you shouldn't be eating pork. And it got stuck in his throat, and immediately Woody started putting his arm around him and doing Heimlich. I ran through the restaurant screaming, we need a doctor, we need a doctor. Finally, two doctors came. They were eating outside, and by that time, the food had dislodged. And, you know, Woody was a hero, and uh, Andy was very, very thankful. And uh, I don't think that Andy's eating pork anymore. No, I don't think so. (laughs) That's funny. He's going back to fish. He's going back to fish. That's funny. Now, my friend uh, Noam Layden, who does the news, Alan, at this station, tells me that was not the first time. Noam, talk to Alan quickly. That's not the first time Woody Allen saved somebody's life. It's the, the third time, actually. He told me after that happened that... Actually, it occurred with um, with Robert Kennedy's wife at one point early in his life. Uh, 
Ethel Kennedy and then somebody else. So, you know, Woody is a, is a Heimlich guy. Alan Dunn. He knows how to do it. And if you're ever worried about having dinner uh, with somebody and you're choking, <laughs> have dinner with Woody Al. I'm just going to call for doctors. That's okay. Um, you know, but he, he did the thing. He was sitting right next to his credit. He was sitting right next to Andy. I was way on the other end of the table, so I, I couldn't uh, have done the Heimlich. Uh, I've done the Heimlich only once, but it turned out to be a false alarm. The guy was just choking on his own, you know, spit that he he didn't have anything in his throat. But uh, Woody was a real hero, and uh, you know, Woody's a Woody's a an interesting character from Brooklyn. You know, you talk about Brooklyn. I have a trivial pursuit question. So I grew up on a block, 48th Street. On my block, there lived Sandy Koufax, wow. Jackie Mason, um, uh, wait a minute, and uh, uh, Elliot Gould, and wow. me. And wait a minute. So they recently named the block after the most famous person who ever lived on the block. Guess who they named it after? It's between you, Gould, Jackie Mason, and Sandy Koufax, between the four yeah, of you? I left out the, the other guy. The guy they named it after was the Bubba Rebbe, the Hasidic Rebbe, who lives on the corner and has a big synagogue. And now the street that we all grew up on is not called 48th Street. It's called Bubba Boulevard. Oh, wow. In honor of the Bubba Rebbe. That is Rebbe. great. That is great. It was a great block. That is, that is a great mother. block. Hey, Alan, My can I? used to say to me, Stay away from that Michigan of Jackie Mason. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Uh, Stay away from yeah. that. Alan, can, can I take you back to the dinner table for a second? Because there's a big controversy here. You're saying that Andrew Stein was eating pork, but Andrew Stein was very adamant last night that he was not eating pork, that he was having veal. <laughs> so can you ah, confirm that? I can't confirm it. I didn't taste what he was eating. <laughs> it was trait, it was, it was no matter what it was. <laughs> And you don't fool around with God when you're eating in front of lots of people. So uh, I think Andy said in an interview that he usually gets fish, but this time he decided to order me. That is funny. So I I can't certify the kashrut or lack thereof of anything that Andy ate except to confirm that something got stuck in his throat. Brilliant. We were all very, we were all very nervous. We were very, of course. Uh, obviously, Woody immediately jumped into action. And you know, people forget about Woody. He was a great athlete as a kid. He looks like a little wimpy guy, but he was a ball player as a kid. Uh, we, Woody, and I have compared notes. You know, I played in Madison Square Garden. I guarded a kid named Ralphie Lipschitz, named Ralph Lauren. Now, I played for Brooklyn Communicable Academy. I was basically a sub. And uh, uh, Ralphie Lipschitz played for Manhattan Communicable Academy. So I wasn't a bad ball player either. Oh, I heard all that. I know you love talking about this, and I love hearing you talk about this, Alan Dershowitz, a Brooklyn boy myself and the old memories. And, again, that is an amazing block, 48th Street. Wow. Uh, but there is uh, – we need to get to some of these uh, legal stories. I was actually on a television network with you the exact time that the jury came back with a verdict – on the E. Jean Carroll versus Donald Trump case. And we know, of course, that they wanted rape. That's all she wanted. She didn't get it. So they, they gave him the second charge on the list and some trumped up all these fines. And you would think, Alan, that a woman like that who went through such pain and torture all these years would be happy to put this behind her. But no, she hears Donald Trump call her a whack job on CNN, and now she wants more money. What does that tell you? Well, you know, first of all, she's opening herself up to a counter lawsuit because 
she has said publicly that she was raped by Donald Trump, and the jury found against her on that. She was very specific as to the nature of the rape and everything. She, she didn't say, I was just assaulted. She was very clear about the rape, and if the jury found she didn't, under her theory, which I think is wrong, under her theory, Donald Trump could probably try to counter-sue her on a false charge of rape. Look, I think any American has the right to defend themselves against an accusation. I did that when I was falsely accused. I defended myself, and uh, ultimately the woman admitted after eight years that she may have mistaken me for somebody else, a case of false identification, maybe. So uh, you do have a right to defend yourself, and uh, she's piling on, and she may come to regret it, although you know the judiciary in New York and the juries in New York are not particularly fair to Donald Trump. They voted against him, what, 87%. Of the vote, so it's very hard for him to get a fair trial uh, in Manhattan. And then the hush money trial came about again yesterday. You know, here's Joe Tacopina preparing, and now they say, you know, we're going to put the trial on next March, right in the middle of primary season. So whether you like him or not, the president trying to gain that office back, and he really can't talk about this, he can't talk about that, he can't talk about this. Even that seemed like a very political uh, decide yesterday to me, Alan. Yeah, he ought to be able to speak about anything except material that's sealed. Any material that's sealed, and that would mean sealed from you and me, the press, um, that remains secret, although that's subject to challenge. But anything else that ultimately will be made public, he should have a right to talk about. He should have the right to defend himself in the court of public opinion, because that's where he's being tried. If you're being tried in the middle of the Republican primaries, and DeSantis is about to announce today that he's joining uh, the Republican group running against him. He's uh, having apparently an event with uh, Elon Musk, who I've also written about recently, because, you know, Elon Musk was falsely accused of being anti-Semitic because he told the truth about George Soros, that George Soros is a super villain and done so much harm for America, for Israel, for the Jewish community, uh, that uh, Elon Musk was right to call him a super villain. But, you know, lots of people in the news these days, and courts shouldn't be imposing restrictions on what a candidate for a president can say about charges against him. Every American should have the right to defend itself in the court of public opinion against charges that he believes are false. I agree, and Donald Trump said all that on his uh, social media platform last night, of course, Truth Social. So. If you were Joe Tacopina, or any one of his attorneys in this case, and I'll, uh, Alina Haba will join me for the first time tomorrow, what um, what can you do about it? Anything? Well, you can. The question is, do you want to? Um, uh, he is permitted to speak under the court's order about a great many things, and maybe they're satisfied and don't want to rock the boat, because if you take the case to the Court of Appeals, you take a chance, maybe they'll impose an even harsher gag order. So I don't know whether they're going to appeal or not. I think the focus really has to be on the case itself. The weakest indictment I have seen in 60 years of practicing law, and I've seen it all. I've seen it all over the world. I've defended cases not only in the United States, but in multiple countries. I have never seen an indictment as weak and as questionable as the one that Alfred Bragg uh, issued or the grand jury issued. 
against Donald Trump in, in the uh, uh, the case uh, involving the hush money. Never that, seen it. That is a big statement coming from you, the great Alan Dershowitz. So last night I went down to uh, Judge Janine's books uh, party. She had a book party. I love her. And um, in attendance with two gentlemen you know, Thomas Knipp and his partner Stephen Reiser, they're still waiting for a verdict for their client Daniel Penny on the Jordan Neely situation. What do you think happens with that, the grand jury? What's going to happen in this Penny trial? Well, I think more information is coming out. We've had more witnesses come forward. Um, look, he did absolutely the right thing by intervening and trying to stop uh, this guy who had a previous record, which he didn't know about, but a previous record of almost killing somebody with his bare hands. He did the right thing by jumping in. Did he do the right thing by holding the person around the neck for such a long period of time? That's a question that will have to be resolved uh, by the jury. He has put together a good defense team, uh, raised a lot of money in his defense, and uh, I don't think we'll see a conviction in that case. If you get subway riders sitting on the jury, they're going to say, I wish there were more people who would intervene. You know, when I was um, about uh, 20 years old, I came home for the Jewish holidays from law school, and my mother always gave me food to take home. She gave me a frozen tongue, a frozen tongue. I had the frozen tongue. And on the Canal Street station, somebody tried to mug me and steal my briefcase. And I hit him with the tongue, and he ran away. And my mother was the hero. Uh, you know, people kidded me. Oh, your mother gives you a tongue. Yeah, but tongues can do more than just be good food. They're weapons. And so I used it as a weapon on Canal Street. That is hilarious. So on the way out, uh, Alan, uh, all this uh, this penny stuff didn't stop Al Sharpton. I don't know what you feel about Al. I don't like him. Back to the Tawana Brawley days, he's, a, as far as I'm concerned, a race baiter, a divider. He's a thief. He takes people's money every day for nonsense. Never went to Chicago once. Little black kids are getting murdered by black people, by the way, in Chicago every day. He couldn't care less. And he turned this funeral for Neely on Friday, his eulogy, into one big race hate. Oh, time and time again that Neely was black and, of course, Daniel Penny white. What are your thoughts well, on all that? If, if the racial situation had been reversed, if there had been a black former Marine who had accidentally uh, caused the death of uh, a white uh, uh, crazy subway person, we would have seen everything different. We would have seen AOC uh, try to defend uh, the black uh, uh, killer, uh, probably Sharpton, too. Look, you got to give Sharpton some credit. He recently got together with Rabbi Shmuley Boteach to condemn the Palestinian pay-for-slay notion, yes. saying he would do something yes. about that. Yes. So I've always had mixed feelings uh, about, about Sharpton. Hard to forgive him for the Tawana Brawley fraud. But uh, thankfully, he's turned around a little bit yeah. on some of the Israeli issues. Okay. Uh, one person I don't have mixed feelings about is uh, Alan is you. Uh, you're great. I, I really, every time you come on, I'm on it. I mean it, Alan. You're just a super guy, great attorney, sweet man. You are Mr. Brooklyn as far as I'm concerned. And please keep coming back and stay safe. I love you, pal. Thank you. Thank you. The great attorney, Alan Dershowitz, always does a terrific job on this show. Really does. He's a super, super guy. And more attorneys are going to stop by this week again. Trump attorney, Alina Hava. She said, don't hate me because I'm pretty. 
She's going to join us tomorrow. And Joseph Takapina back from Europe, back on the show on Friday. Fourth and final hour coming up. Going to be a good one. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, Fox News. She's terrific. She'll join us next. And WFAN afternoon superstar Craig Carton. He's got a big softball game coming up, which I'm taking a part in, on Staten Island. He's going to join us, too. Fourth and final hour of New York's number one morning news talk show. That's me. Coming back. Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. John is in the basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on a pavement thinking about the government. The man in a trench coat badge out laid off. Says he's got a bad call. Wants to get it paid off. Look out, kid. It's something you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. You better duck down the alleyway looking for a new friend. A man in a coonskin cap in a pig pen wants $11 bills. You only got 10. How old is uh, Dylan today again? 73? He's 80. 80. Eight, uh, 82. Oh, wow. Bob Dylan, 82. Happy birthday to one of the all-time greats. I love this song, Bob Dylan. So, you know, my daughter Ava hasn't been feeling well. I spent five hours in the hospital with her yesterday, and Danielle was there last night. And she's got some type of bacterial infection. They don't even know what it is. This is really um, frustrating. Got these big-time doctors led by Dr. Mark Siegel at NYU. They don't even know what it is. But they pumped her with a whole bunch of antibiotics. She actually stayed overnight last night. I'll get there this afternoon again. She's basically been sick since she's been home from college for, like, three weeks. So, um... I said to Danielle, I said, we got to call Dr. Nicole Sapphire. She's not just a TV star and lovely and all that stuff. She's a great doctor. And Danielle spent time on the phone with Nicole. Nicole had some great suggestions. I mean, great. And I think Nicole may have very well nailed what's going on, but we, we still can't seem to get anything official from the doctors. So here she is, star from Fox News, great author, Make America Healthy Again, and a tremendous doctor. And my friend, most of all, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Dr. Nick, how are you? Hey, Sid, so happy to be on with you, but so sorry to hear that you're yeah. still dealing with it all. And we don't know. I mean, uh, there was a doctor yesterday from the um, infectious disease, because she's got, you know, these uh, things on her ear and, and all that, and uh, it didn't matter. They, they they still don't have a, they haven't been able to figure out exactly what it is, and that's, you know, that's for a parent, that's very frustrating, very yeah, well, it's scary. You know, the unknown is terrifying. And as parents, we like to be in control. And when, you know, you actually have to relinquish control in these circumstances, and it's really hard to do. But in the meantime, while she's getting, she stayed overnight because, as of course, you know, IV antibiotics are much stronger than a pill or even an injection. No matter what she has, the antibiotics in this case make sense because she's uncomfortable. Yes, and there's an infection there somewhere. Possibly. Um, you know, we they believe there's an infection. There are things that can mimic an infection. And also, you know, if it's a viral infection, their antibiotics aren't going to do anything for it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of my concerns is that is it a, you know, a post-infection inflammatory response? So, listen, are being on antibiotics a bad thing? You know, probably not because we don't know what's going on. You know, when, when we don't know what's going on, just think of early COVID. We're just like, all right, we're just going to throw a sink at you because we don't really know what to do. Right. So that makes sense, you know, but... 
um, hopefully, you know, if they rule out a bacterial infection, they'll roll back those antibiotics because, as you know, there's a lot of overutilization of antibiotics, which is why we have antibiotic resistance. That's true. Well, thank you for uh, speaking with me and Danielle. She loved talking to you. And thank you for texting us and, and asking. We really appreciate it, Nicole. So thank you. Now, my front, I don't know what the hell is going on with me. I must have maybe a herniated disc or I've got some issue because now I've made an appointment at the hospital for special surgery in July because I can't get out of bed with my knees hurting me, my feet and hands. They've been going numb for the better part of six months now. And uh, I'm having all kinds of issues walking up and down stairs. And, you know, me, Nicole, I'm in great shape. I work out. I got a body like an Adonis. I can't walk. So now I've got my own issues coming up. As Adonis-like as you may be, we all are getting older. Let's keep that in mind. But it does certainly sound like you have something going on with your spine. As you know, my husband, being a neurosurgeon, that's his area of expertise. But it sounds like, first things first, you need an MRI from the top down, cervical down to the lumbar spine. I mean, unfortunately, those disc herniations, especially when you're active and you've been an athlete like yourself, I mean, those tend to come later in life. And uh, fortunately, there's a lot of things we can do other than surgery to try and decrease that inflammation. Um, Obviously, we want to hold off on surgery as long as possible, but sometimes surgery really can just be curative. Oh, God, no. I want to go see your husband. Can I go see him? I'm serious. I mean, He's the best in the business, and uh, this is going on for about two months, and I don't want to get surgery. You know, and, and I'm all for, you know, the, uh, what do you call those places, um, you know, the therapy. What do you call that? Um, physical therapy. Physical yes. Therapy is, physical therapy and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories are wonderful for that kind of stuff, but sometimes you really do need surgery. So oh. you get the MRI, <laughs> you bring me the MRI, I look at the MRI, and I'll tell you what I think, and okay. then we'll go from there. All right, so I'm going to do that uh, sooner than later because I need to get them. I'm, I'm really, I can't sleep at night. Now what's happened is the pain is basically starting uh, by my butt on the right side right down to my ankle all night long. i got to keep changing sleeping positions because I'm in awful pain. So that's the end of the Rosenbergs, Ava and Sydney. Now we'll get to some of the stuff out there that society is dealing with. And I read something yesterday, Nicole, that the CDC is warning of a, of a, a monkeypox resurgence. Is that true? Well, so, well, monkeypox never went away. Just like a lot of these infectious diseases, we learn to live with them. And while they kind of go dormant in certain times of year, um, especially when the weather gets warmer and you have a lot of people gathering, especially when monkeypox tends to be, has a higher uh, prevalence in homosexual individuals, uh, you're entering Pride Month. And just like last year, we saw a large amount of cases circulating during that time. Do I expect that we're going to have a bump in cases? Yeah. I sure do. Uh, thankfully, uh, monkeypox, um, you know, people are more educated on it now, and you have the community is a little bit more aware. Some have been vaccinated against it. Some have some immunity at this point. And, you know, just like other sexually transmitted illnesses, um, you know, it's something to be aware of, and they need to be mindful of it. I have to tell you that over the years, Nicole, since covid uh, me personally, and don't get angry with me, but I've lost all confidence in the CDC. I don't care what they say. WHO, forget about it. So the WHO comes out, I believe, yesterday and says, the next pandemic, even deadlier than COVID, is coming. Now, A, why would they say that? Uh, a headline like that is shorter to cause panic, especially in New York where people are still wearing masks, these morons. And secondly, what kind of scientific proof do they have that makes that so absolute? 
Well, listen, since the Spanish flu a century ago, they have been saying the world needs to prepare for another pandemic. Well, they're right in theory. Yes, we have COVID at some point. Yeah. So by saying there's going to be another pandemic, they're right. There will be at some point. Hopefully it's not in our our lifetime. And, you know, if history, you know, goes to show us, it probably won't be in our lifetime, but you never know. And we'll just deal with it at that point. I, I would have loved to have said that, You know, I really thought that the CDC and the WHO, they also completely failed us. I went into this pandemic with an immense amount of respect for both of those entities. Much of it lost throughout the pandemic. They completely failed in their responses. They allowed politics to be infiltrated, and they lost sight of what is best for the people. Um, And I don't know how we're going to handle the next one. Certainly right now I have zero confidence. Unless they do a complete overhaul of their institutions, I'm terrified for the world because I don't think that they will handle it at all. And uh, thankfully, a lot of people have become educated on infectious diseases and public health. And I think common sense is going to play a little bit more of a part on the individual moving forward. Um, That really didn't happen this last time. Well, maybe not in New York, though. These people just, uh, they're unbelievable. I mean, they're still wearing masks. 80 degrees, it's sunny. What are you wearing a mask about? Well, what do you, well, unless you're sick or you're, you know, what are you wearing a mask for? And I got to tell you, you're right, and I'm glad you agreed with me because you're much smarter. WHO, CDC, Anthony Fauci. I had Anthony Fauci on the show with Bernard when he was still alive, God rest his soul, early on. And we were heaping praise on him. He was wrong about everything. And even the teachers union, you know, those people, Randy Weingarten, Michael Mugru, so many people, Nicole, along the way that failed all of us. All of us, and not to make it political, but Democrats, they still rely on these people. What am I missing? Well, you know, I was thinking about this a lot. And Anthony Fauci approached this pandemic as a 70-something older man, which is the higher risk when it came to COVID. And so he decided to implement his risk factors on the rest of the world when the reality was The majority of the world didn't have nearly as high risk as maybe him or some other people. And I wouldn't say that he was wrong about everything. I think Dr. Anthony Fauci is a very smart individual, but he threw out his basic science knowledge, his common sense, and he censored colleagues that were disagreeing with him so he didn't lose face in front of the public eye. And that was the biggest problem I had. He was too rigid. He may have put out an initial opinion that may or may that may have turned out wrong. We do that all the time. That's what science is all about, putting out hypotheses. We just try to prove and disprove them. The problem was he would throw out an hypothesis as though it were fact, and then when it would be disproven, he would work to censor any data that disproved what he said. He didn't come back and say, we got it wrong, but thankfully we're able to prove it. And now this is what we're going to do. And he just never did that. And that is the antithesis of what actual science is. Did Andrew Cuomo play a major part in 18,000 elderly people dying from COVID in New York? Yes or no? Uh, listen to me. I-, I wish that last night Rita would have uh, had some of those families, maybe even Janice Dean, to rebuttal what Governor Cuomo was saying about the COVID pandemic. His policies, as I talked about in Panic Attack, my book during COVID, directly resulted in the deaths of innocent Americans. Right, so you're and- a doctor, you're a doctor, and a great cancer doctor, by the way. Great. And you are saying, just to repeat what you just said, and I love Janice Dean. She's a good friend of mine. You are saying 1,000% Cuomo's policies 
direct result of 18,000 people dying. And you heard we didn't push back on that. So you think he is guilty? Yes. I think that the result of his policies led to innocent lives lost. And it's not just Andrew Cuomo. You also have Phil Murphy. And you have others throughout the country who didn't get as much fanfare as Andrew Cuomo. But Andrew Cuomo most certainly receiving his Emmy Awards, doing his media tours and his book deals and everything else while he was isolating senior citizens. He was keeping them away from their loved ones. And ultimately, he was enacting policies that led to their death. It is devastating what happened, and the fact that we're still giving this man airtime is appalling. 60 seconds to go. I agree with all of it. Uh, the illegals, you may call them migrants. I call them illegals. Thousands and thousands and thousands pouring into all of our cities. 70,000 here in New York. From a medical standpoint, forget about jobs and whether they're dangerous people. From a medical standpoint, we have no idea what they're bringing from these other countries, right? I mean, there's got to be some medical fear, too, as to allowing these unvetted illegals walk amongst our kids and gymnasiums and, and all over our city, yes? We have illness everywhere, but I can tell you that our healthcare system is already strapped, and these migrants that are coming over, they have had long, treacherous journeys and often are requiring extensive medical care, and therefore now all of a sudden our already strapped medical system is needing to care for these migrants, and it is very complex, and it is very expensive, and all of this is now going on the taxpayers. It is all going on the taxpayers, isn't it? People like me and you, right? As if we don't already pay enough in taxes. <laughs> I know, exactly. Well, this was a great con- – I mean, you always are great, but this was a, a really great conversation. It's great to have you back. Please keep coming back. Thank you again on a personal note from me and Danielle. And continued success, Fox News, all that stuff. Nicole Sapphire, you're great. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, Fox News, right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning, 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number. Got a big softball game coming up June 17th on Staten Island. Joseph Lem turns out this guy was a tremendous cop. A lot of my friends know exactly who he is. And FAN Afternoon host star Craig Carton. He's going to raise some big cash for this kid. And I contend that I'm already number one on the list of celebrity stars that Craig, Evan, Brandon, and Tiki are bringing out to the stadium that Saturday night. We'll find out if Craig agrees. He's coming up at 940. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC.
Wilburys again on this Bob Dylan birthday. Jeff Lynn, ELO, Roy Orbison, Tom Petty, and uh, Dylan. Great band, great song. This is their most popular song, though, right? Probably, yes. It was a big thing with the video. This was huge with the video. We see these four monster stars. Five, actually. I love Roy Orbison. He did that song, uh, A Love So Beautiful, in uh, the movie with Demi Moore when she banged Robert Redford. When Woody Harrelson was her husband for a million dollars. We all got to ask the same question. Would you let Danielle bank somebody for a million? I I love that coming to you, yes. Well, you know I couldn't do that. I know. I'm I'm, I'm jealous when she walks out on the block. I know. Could you imagine me watching her take off in a helicopter (laughs) with a great-looking witch guy to a yacht? I don't care if it was $10 million. I couldn't do it. You'd I'd kill over, myself. You'd be over at the pilot of the boat like, hey, you, you can turn this around, right? Yeah, you can turn this around. Just go well, right do you remember the, the scene when he's running up the stairs in the building to get to the helicopter? Could you yeah. imagine me? Oh, yeah. Now, the problem yeah. is I can't run up the stairs That's right now because I'm all beat up. No, you'd stop and start screaming like, what is with my leg? <laughs> I take the money back. Take it back. No, you can, can take it back. <laughs> yeah. Danielle. Danielle, what are you doing? No. Uh, John Sarno. Some ladies, a uh, couple of ladies here, have uh, messaged me on Instagram and said, Howard Stern and a bunch of folks got cured by John Sarno. Don't go for surgery or MRIs and all that. And then I got Ralph Napolitano, who I love dearly. He's a great guy. Him and his brother own Ann and Tony's uh, great restaurant on Arthur Avenue. And he's one of those uh, whack job chiropractors. These are the craziest people God ever created. We'll get you with uh, Dr. Learman. He's like, you don't need anything. You'll come to me. I'll get you. Are you nuts? I went to a chiropractor once. I couldn't walk for two months. I thought he broke my back. (laughs) Pop some balance in nature. These are the craziest people. It does depend who you go to. No, they're all crazy. Stop it. you got to go to a doctor. And listen, doctors aren't uh, perfect either, but no. No, they're not. No, no there's some that are just not. <laughs> well, I don't feel well. So. Some are great. And now i got to play this baseball game, you know. Yeah, but that's, you You made your bet on that. I mean, you you accepted the invitation. So stop telling people you're going to do things and then... No, I'm going to play. Someone going to run for you when, while you hit? But listen, but I, you know, my, they did that for the old guys up in upstate New York oh, on I Sunday forgot. mornings. Sorry. My, my son would run for my father. Okay, sorry. dead now, by right, the way. Not, you're not doing you're that. You're not at that, no. that point. No, no. No, right. as injured as I am, I'm still going to have to do it, you know. But, and with a torn hammy and everything. But listen, it doesn't matter because the truth is, and I'm not sure Craig is going to admit this, I mean, Ryan Leaf, really? Come on. That's your, uh, that's your big star? I'm the biggest star they've got. Outside of Craig. I'll give Craig. He's right there with me. I'm going to have to look at the list. Well, you can look at the list, but I, I, I'm not saying I unless, doubt it. Unless Trump is coming, there's nobody else in the country right now. Tucker got fired. So I'm second to Trump. So whether I play or not, just me being there is going to be a uh, a big deal, no? Now batting fourth, Donald J. Trump. I guess they're keeping my Trump. daughter another two to three days, I just found out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sid, you could bat ahead of me. It's all right. It's all good. I don't think Trump would do that, yeah. Yes. Uh, You know what? I I love you no matter what. You fall (laughs) down running, it's all good. You're the best ever. Talking about Trump, uh, I met his uh, his, one of his attorneys last night, this Alina Haba. She's on TV all the time. She wrote a story uh, a little while ago that talked about, um, about, uh, you know, she's really pretty. She's really pretty. And she worries that people don't take her seriously. Because she is that, you know. And she's like, yes, I'm beautiful, but I'm a great attorney, too. 
So her PR person just texted me to confirm she's coming on tomorrow, making her debut on this show, 8.05 tomorrow, Olina Haba. Well, people don't take me seriously either. Because no, no. Well, nobody takes me seriously. Like, Ralph is taking me seriously now because I called him a, a, a whack job, but of right. course, I'm I'm only kidding, of course. But for us, it's tough yeah. us because we're so good looking. and Right. People just don't even, you know. You know, all my family and friends, they go to chiropractors, all of them, and Ralph happens to be great at it, but I'm just, I, 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 I gotta go to a doctor. I can't, I can't mess around. Here. I can't afford, I'm, I'm gonna be 50, I'm 56 years old, and I'm in bad pain. I can't afford to mess around here. Uh, Sid, I love Ralph, but. Five clicks, Sid, and you'll be good. Okay, hang on. <laughs> now, now take a deep breath. Okay, it's all good. All right, take another deep breath. Uh, I know you fell on the floor, but now we're going to work on your exercises to get up off the floor. Yeah. Go check Ralph out. Go to his Instagram page. And if you, if you like a chiropractor, he's the best in the business. But I need some real medical attention. I'm in bad shape. I mean, my, my, my legs and my hands go numb. And I get to, nauseous. What do you want them to do? Hit you with their degree in the back or just to prove that they're a doctor? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, you have a lot of issues right now. I got a lot of issues. You come in, the first thing you do, I'm on the board, you come behind me, like, bro, look at this. My down, my right, left, down from here to here. And it's like a two-feet area you're showing me in the back of your leg. I can't. But if you can't sleep, that is the problem. Can't sleep at all. Because I had that a couple of years ago on the back of my leg. And that is torture. Yeah. Because I can't sleep, that's it. you got to be able to sleep. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. And when I roll over... And I like roll over on my right leg. Right, so, right. Then that, it, it hits it and it hurts. Brutal. Right. That's yeah. you got to You definitely have to get looked at. Of course, duh. Yeah. yeah. And Danielle is great. You know, she got mad at me once, one time, because I woke her up. <laughs> Otherwise, she's been great with me and very, very patient. She really has. I fell down last week. Oh. You know no. that, and she cleaned up my the blood, and she. Oh. She's been terrific, but it's you know it's it's. It got me a little depressed. I'm not going to lie. Like, I go home now. I get off the train at Fulton Street, and it's a, it's a relatively long walk from where the train stops to my apartment building, which my that, apartment building, I'm leaving, thank God, in three weeks. But it's a pretty long walk. That is, that's kind of a stretch, yeah. Yeah, you know what it is. You've got to walk through the whole mall and through the, you know, the Oculus. And, the, and uh, it takes me like, it used to take me five minutes. Now it's 20. I'm like, mm-hmm. what's going on with me? You know, I go to the gym. I go to the gym today. I'll, I'll, I'll lift, you know, 250 pounds, no problem. But then I can't walk, so. <laughs> Nicole uh, said I should get an MRI to her husband. You'll rebound. Sapphire's husband is like uh, a huge in this uh, field. He's a neurologist. Uh, so. She's married? Damn it. Yeah, she's married. I'm sorry, bro. You're out. It, it was, it's a shame, too, because I got to imagine you're number one in her list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. You're right, number one. That's what I wanted to hear. That's yes. all. That's it. You'd be number one. Before, if not she, before she got on the air, she was consulting with Justin. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. Now, what, this is a big list of yeah. things you said <laughs> yeah. about how you yeah. Okay, we're going to need some private sessions, yeah. like, I believe. I said get used to it. Get used to it. <laughs> if you pick up the phone ever again, I'm right. going to have another list. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love you. All right. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Got to go. Where, where, where's Sid? 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. All the ragman draws circles up and down the black. I'd ask him what the matter was, but I know that he don't talk. 
Bob Dylan's birthday today. We can't uh, find Craig. Of course, he does television for Fox Sports, and he only has a very, very small window. Very small window. So, he's going to have to call us at some point. The game is June 17th, and uh, for what it's worth, he actually texted me and said, let's do something. His idea. But uh, he's busy. John Katsimatidis checks in, he says to me, too much weight. He's right, John. It's like you work out too much, you lift too much weight, no good. So I appreciate uh, the concern from John, and he's probably right. You know, I mean, you get to a a point where, and I have actually gone backwards. I don't lift nearly as much weight as I used to. I don't. I I do more reps now than anything else. But it looks like the damage may already be done. But I do appreciate John Katzmatidis for checking in. Boy, it's been a tremendous show. Looks like guest two is going to be Craig calling from Fox, um, Alec. And I really think that uh, Nicole Sapmeyer may have stolen it. Craig is here? All right, so June 17th is uh, the big game, the annual Joseph Lemp Foundation uh, softball game. It's being held at John Katzmatidis, our stadium, the Ferry Hawks, Staten Island University Hospital Stadium. It is the duo of Craig and Evan, the afternoon show at WFAN, taking on the midday show. Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. And the good news for Tiki and Brandon is it's a competition for softball and not for ratings. Anyway, here he is. (laughs) 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 Take that, BT. (laughs) Oh, boy, here we go. (laughs) You know what's what's funny, Craig, is I was thinking about your Friday. So I do the uh, this Oh, the Pain podcast with Beningo. First show we did together in 18 years. And um, about half the show, all we did was kill Gio. That was it. That was about half the show. And then we we took questions from the audience. Yeah. And they killed Gio. And um, I I wanted to feel badly afterwards, but I didn't. Not even a little. Zero. Listen, your DNA is what it is, man. You can't change who you are, right? (laughs) I'm just concerned about your ability to play softball because – it has been a while since you and I competed athletically with or against one another. And the last time I did see you was on a Boca Raton basketball court where you thought you were Jalen Brunson. <laughs> well, let me and tell you. Not. No, I know. And, and, to your, and to your credit, I haven't seen you play ball in a long time either. But you were, you were I'll give you this, a great recreational basketball player. I can I mean, play a little bit. I actually, I just beat Tim Hardaway in a game of horse. So oh, I felt stop. pretty good about myself. That's not He's true. Off. That's true. We just did it on the DeWitt Playground uh, last week, and it was a great thrill for me beating a Hall of Famer in horse. But June 17th, it's on like Donkey Kong. For those of you that don't know who Joseph Lem was, he was an NYPD detective who did a couple tours of duty in Afghanistan and sadly lost his life on uh, one of those tours. He left behind uh, a widow and young children who are thriving right now, I'm glad to say. And just a good way to, you know, to uh, never forget Joe and the men and women who obviously serve our country proudly and with great uh, distinction. And um, we're playing softball in Staten Island, like you said. And uh, can't wait to have you on my squad and see what kind of skills you got. And a whole bunch of money for the zero. foundation. I got zero skills. I've, I've been talking. You came in late, but for the last 40 minutes, even Dr. Nicole Sapphire from Fox News has been on. Yeah. And, I, and I've been talking about uh, not just one or two, but a variety. Variety of injuries I'm suffering through right now, 
I think the, the worst injury is I'm old, but I've got all kinds of I, I may have to get an MRI. I may have a slip disc. I don't know. And I'm still going to oh, show up. Stop it. What? It's softball. I have a torn labrum and rotator cuff. It's softball. <laughs> well, like, it, how bad could it possibly be? I don't know. But here's the thing. Let's be honest. I'm not yeah. coming because, um, you know, I'm a Greg Jeffries, okay? I'm coming because uh, you want my name on the list of great celebrities. I know it's tough to beat Ryan Leaf, but. Uh... Yeah. So we've, we've got Ryan Leaf. We've got Gerald McCoy, who just retired from the Buccaneers. I think Josh Norman is uh, coming to play. We got a bunch of Giants and other local uh, football players coming wow. to play. Um, you, of course, bring the star, you know, caliber talent that you are, <laughs> which we're very, very excited about, plus you're a promotional machine, which is why I invited you. <laughs> uh, Tiki's putting together a team of ex-Giants, so that should be interesting. And it's just, listen, it's going to be a fun night. It's the night before Father's Day. It's only 10 bucks a ticket. All the money goes to the foundation. And we're just looking to have a good time and keep the memory of guys like Joseph Lem alive. Well, it's a great cause. We spent so much time on this station, as you know, Craig. You and I are very yes. close. Uh, with the cops and the and service people. And so yep. it's near and dear to our heart. Like I it is mention, to you. I should, I should mention, I apologize for interrupting that. There's a police precinct right across the street from that stadium. And there's a, I don't know the number, but there's a portion of funds that are going to go to support that precinct at NYPD as well, because Joe was uh, an NYPD detective. Um, so the NYPD is involved from a charity standpoint. Uh, there's going to be a live band. And it's, it's just a, wow. it's an excuse for guys like us to go out there and pretend like we can play sports still, raise money, have a good time. I love Staten Island. The stadium is great, and it's going to be a great night. Hopefully your listeners uh, can come out and help out. Well, they are going to come out for sure. I've already gotten a ton of messages because it took me all of talking about my promotional abilities. It took me six yep. minutes to put something on Instagram. Now, what position do you think you're playing? <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't want to. I, I should play shortstop in about four. Well, you know but... you're not playing shortstop. <laughs> well, what do you mean? You know, what? I do. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> It said, I got a rule. If I'm putting a game together, I lead off and I play short or I am playing. No, no, you should. You're, and you're a better athlete than me anyway. Even I can admit that. I don't care. What do you, you want to play third? You want to play first? Like, uh, I will give you, I've, no. and I've not promised this to anybody else. Yeah. You can pick your position no. other than shortstop. You want to pitch? You want to catch? What do you want to do? Uh, I think second base. Done. You're the starting second baseman. Well, who else is on? Evan Roberts is a good ball player, isn't he? Evan Roberts is good. Um, we have uh, who else do we have? We have Chris Manna, who played for the Chiefs and the Panthers, a great athlete. Wow. He's playing. Um, I don't know why I'm, I'm having a brain moment. How right about now, a, any, any former Mets on this team? Do we have like I don't know Franco or Gooden or I don't know somebody? Franco's like that. out of town. Uh, I'm waiting here back from Doc. I'm waiting here back from Straw. Plaxico yeah. is trying to work out his schedule. Plaxico Burris. Wow. Uh, it's going to be legit. It's um. It's going to be awesome. We have uh, Chris DiStefano, the great comedian from Staten Island, playing. So it's uh, you know, we're crossing multiple you know, sports and entertainment. Uh, it's, it's just going to be a fun night. It's gonna, like softball in Staten Island, like what's better? Danino's, Ralph's Italian Ice, Belly Bocce Bakery. What are we doing? Let's go. I'm with you. In fact, my uh, lovely wife, Danielle, just said, I guess I should ask Craig to do our dysproxia softball game, which is our charity, as you know, Craig, for our little boy, Gabriel. Yeah. He yeah. seems to have organized a great game. I'm hiring him. So, uh, Danielle, Danielle, a huge Craig Carton fan. She loves what she's hearing right now, so that, that's well, terrific. Now, you what... can tell her that I will play for sure, um, but that's where Thank I'll you. play. Thank you. Now, now is uh, Chris Christie coming to this? 
I, so it's interesting. He, uh, as many people know, is one of my closest friends. He, of course, is invited, and he and I have played a lot of softball together. He's a very good third baseman, uh, and I've not gotten full confirmation yet. I know this. If he's in town, he will play. I'm just not sure what his uh, schedule is for uh, June just yet. And I know you do sports, and you're the best at yeah. it. I mean, you're the best, and you've been the best for a long time, and you've Thank come you. back. This is one of the great comeback stories ever. It really is. And you're, you're number one, and, and you're killing it. You're doing the TV stuff, and couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I know you for 25 years. But uh, Christie is a politician, and I know you, you yeah. stay away from that mostly on the band, but I think Olivero will let you answer this, okay? He's going to yeah. announce this week. He's running for president. DeSantis is today. Does Chris Christie have Craig Carton's vote? Well, he's one of my best friends. What does that mean? So, if he's not yeah, getting good at I the mean, job, so what? I'm your best um, friend. Would you vote for me? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, truth be told, I think I forfeited my right to vote. Oh, you probably did. <laughs> you know what I didn't think sure. about? <laughs> I'm actually not sure if I'm allowed to vote. Oh, I got to I gotta check I, I gotta oh. check on that. You know, you're so. right. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all good. But that doesn't seem right. I mean, you, you live in, in, New, in New York and New Jersey. Yeah, well, for, uh, as you know, I was a knucklehead for a little while. No, I know. And, uh, but That but comes it, with repercussions. I know. But, Craig, it doesn't seem fair that some guy that just got here yesterday from Venezuela to the South Border can vote in you can't. No, you're wrong, uh, by the way. I think the Democrats in New York allow uh, people to vote. Who? <laughs> Twice or three times, right? <laughs> so, um, look, if I was allowed to vote, I would vote for Chris Christie. Yeah. He is uh, as loyal and honest and, and uh, as good a friend as I, as I have. And I fully support you know his dreams and aspirations. And if he does decide... To announce his running for president, he'd have my full support. All right. Plus, I get to, I get to, if he wins, I get to eat dinner in the White House. Right. That's awesome. Well, that's why I became friends with Trump, because you're not going to be eating dinner at the White House with Chris Christie. You'll be in New Jersey somewhere. I'll be at the White House. Um, and finally, what about... Yeah, don't forget, if, you, if, if, uh, if, yeah. if Trump wins and yeah. he does invite you to the White House, you have to remember, he dictates what you eat, and he makes you eat the meatloaf. Don't forget that. <laughs> You're so right about story, that. By the way. That's a true story. No, I know that's a true story. Uh, what about Boomer? Will Boomer Esiason be at the game? Uh, he had a previous engagement for a charity that he couldn't get out of. Right. Um, so he did try, and he's you know he's always great about those things. But he will not be able to come to the game because the original idea was going to be, you know, us versus you know Boom and the gang in the mornings. Right. Um, but he can't do it, and if he doesn't do it, you know, you cut off the head of the snake, the others scatter. So that's how that goes. That's one of the. Uh, we'll let you run, Craig, and you were great as always. But that is one of the questions I get asked all the time: is you're, you're tight with Craig, and what yeah. is that relationship like? Craig and Boomer, I said, as far as I know, I think they're, they're pretty good. I mean, I don't know. Listen, the relationship, you know, will never be the same as it was when you sit next to somebody as close as we were. Like, you know, obviously you and the you know, co-hosts you've had over the years. Sure. Uh, but we're, we still get along great. Um, we're still in, in each other's corner. It's all good. And, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, things evolve and change just based on circumstance more than anything else. So right now there's an, uh, an elderly lady down in South Florida. Who was so happy you were just on with me? Yes, the same lady that yelled in your face at oh, yeah, uh, Mickey's. Hear the story. Uh, so my daughter graduates from the University of Miami a couple weeks ago. Okay, I'm, I'm at a brunch with all these kids that are graduating and their families who are down there for the graduation. A nice woman uh, comes up to me. I've never met her before, and she goes, "Are you Craig Cotton?" And I go, "Yes, ma'am. Nice to meet you." Oh. 
I'm such a big fan of yours. I go, I appreciate it very much. And then here's the kicker. I listen to Sid Rosenberg every single day from my veranda, and he's always talking about you, and you're wonderful. And Sid's the best. I love Sid, and he always says good things about you. So I love you, too. See that? I said, I said hi. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out, ironically, that's a great story, that, like, her granddaughter is friends with Mickey, right? So her granddaughter graduated with my daughter. That's correct. Yes. That's yes. awesome. That is awesome. And That's kids a- phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. and his family's wonderful. Oh, and we miss him here in Boca. That's fine. And we miss going to Meisner Park and having <laughs> dinner at Gigi's. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Gigi's. That's funny, Craig. That yeah, was that's where I met all the women I dated. Yeah, that was a big Friday night hangout. That's right. That was a big deal. Uh, so one more time for folks that want to show up June 17th. Yeah. Give them the details. And where can they buy tickets, Craig, right yeah. now? So uh, if you go to FerryHawks.com, that's obviously the independent minor league baseball team that plays in Staten Island. We own that team, as you know. Oh, I did not know that. John Katsimatidis, okay. my, my oh, owner. Of the ownership group? Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm enthralled with uh, John. I've never met him. I obviously know who he is, and I'm obviously growing up going to Gristini's in New Rochelle. I would love to sit down with that guy one on one for a half hour. He fascinates me in a good way. Anyway, well, yeah, you'll come so, here one day and do that. But he does own that team. Yes. All right. So they've been very kind enough to uh, kind of give us the stadium for this event. It um, it's going to honor the NY. It's going to raise money for NYPD and the Joseph Lem Foundation. It is a true celebrity charity softball game. There's going to be a live band. The tickets are ten bucks across the board. That is it. Uh, go to FerryHawks.com to get the tickets or check out any of our social medias. We've all put it out there. It's June 17th. Uh, the game will start a little bit after 6 o'clock, so get there you know, by 5, 530. There'll be great festivities. There's live music. And it's just going to be a fun day. You'll get a chance to hobnob with celebrities and a bunch of uh, former athletes. And uh, we're just looking forward to a great Saturday night in Staten Island for a great cause. And hopefully everyone listening right now can find the time to come on out for a couple hours and enjoy themselves on the borough that gets no respect and it deserves it, the great Staten Island. That's yeah. beautiful. And I'm honored that you invited me to this, and I can't wait to see you and, uh, and play that day. Uh, this was a great spot, Craig. Congratulations on everything you're doing. New York Thank is you. proud of you. We love you. And we'll see you in the 17th, buddy. Thank you so much. You will bat 10th and play second. All good. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Carton, Carton and Roberts, every afternoon on the fan. My friend for 25 years, Craig Carton. That's it.